0: became a raven.
1: Your art matters. Wow.
0: That's what got me here.
1: Wow. Let's go, let's go. Ravens on three. One, two, three. Ravens! Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill.
0: And I'm Dom and I've watched two episodes of One Tree Hill.
1: And tonight's episode for debate is season one, episode two, the places you've come to fear the most. Luke, you mind if we get a few words before your first game? Yeah, we're gonna put it on the internet. Ravenshoops.com. Yeah, we're gonna have a webcast and everything. What the hell is this? Well, we have this website. Yeah, we're sports announcers. Not in here, you're not. The locker room's closed. No media. Dude, did you hear that? We're media. So, welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast, where it's always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move upstairs and settle in, as tonight's episode for debate is Season 1, Episode 2, The Places You Come to Fear the Most. So, Dom, we are here. Episode 2 has begun. The, The train has left the station How are you feeling, my friend?
0: I feel okay. It's actually strangely frustrating not being able to, one, look anything up, but two, have to wait. So you know when a new season comes out and you really like it and you have to wait that whole week to be able to watch it? I'm in that boat, but knowing it's all available to me. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, the whole nine seasons.
0: (laughs) Everything is available and I have to wait every week to be able to watch an episode but it's, it's quite it's quite a good feeling as well because it, it means that I've got I'm really like, like looking forward to it I know it sounds crazy but I'm looking forward to it because you know I don't know how I'm going to feel about it I don't know what's going to happen I don't know what outcomes will be or you know where it's going to take us but uh, I suppose I just kind of look forward to the, the journey and the whole casting thing so
1: well and I guess you're viewing it in the traditional way like how people would have viewed it in real time of having to wait, you know, one episode a week. Whereas now with this, the Netflix culture that you get a whole season in a day, you know, straight away. It's uh, it's good. Good things come to those who wait. And it sounds like you are enjoying the show because you want to watch the next episode, or at least you want to watch it so that you can talk about
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's so much on there that I, I want to talk about this week in terms of, uh, all, the, all the characters, I think, this week. There, there might be a few that we could, you know, potentially overlook. But some of the characters that we talked about last week, probably not in as much detail. I, I definitely want to talk about in a bit more detail this week. So uh, that's good as well. Is that from the pilot episode to episode two, there's that slight change in almost theme of who we're going to talk about. Uh, I mean, the, the main the the main boys in it are obviously going to be hot topic and up there. But uh, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of our characters that I really want to talk about.
1: So like we spoke about on the last episode, there's that transition of going from a pilot episode to that three, four-month period before it gets picked up by a television network to then going into production, but making it feel like that episode two is happening, you know, the day after episode one, but where in reality it's, you know, there is that gap. And, and then also the show is, has to find its feet at the beginning, you know, as with any show. And speaking of that, as with our show, so just to remind people of the structure of this episode of our podcast, we will go through a quick recap of what happened in the last episode. We'll then go through individual character journeys of what happened in this episode, including, of course, Dom's predictions for what he will think will happen over the next couple of episodes. Go into our judgments, performer of the week, character of the week, so on and so forth. End with our ratings and then talk about some of the listener feedback we've been having and some of the questions and points that people have brought up. And then we'll wrap this up and we'll get on with our lives. How does that sound, Dom?
0: That sounds like the best plan we've ever had.
1: And we've had many plans. (laughs) Many, many plans. Tell us, Dom, in your own words, what happened in the last episode of One Tree Hill? Previously on One Tree Hill.
0: So in the last episode, we had Lucas and Nathan on two very different paths uh, of life. One seems quite intellectually grounded, but loves playing basketball. And one seems very focused on basketball and sports, but kind of pressured into it by his dad. And he's probably quite intellectual as well, but we don't really hit on that. Uh, and that's Nathan, who I'm talking about. And Nathan is very much this kid that gets away with murder because of who his dad is to the town. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I, I mentioned on last week's episode that I've, I I thought his dad was like a mayor or something like that. For just from like perception and watching it. But it turns out he just sells cars for a living. Which, you know, noble profession, but you kind of think with the way everyone treats him and now treats his son, he would be some, like, amazing big shot guy that kind of runs the town. But anyway, so we we have these two opposing forces, you could say, that are drawn together by basketball. And neither of them is particularly happy about it. Lucas is offered a position on the basketball team, play for the Ravens for his high school. Kind of goes through that usual teenage rollercoaster of emotions as to whether he should be on the team or not. And then it kind of comes down to pride between him and Nathan. Uh, and they kind of duel it out at the end of the episode. And the winner gets whatever they want. And it turns out that Lucas is the winner and wants to play basketball, but wants Nathan to stay on the team as well. Plus all the other characters that are involved.
1: Yeah. Perhaps. We meet Keith. No. <laughs> Good old Keith <laughs> with uh, with his towing, and uh, you've got Whitey, Whitey, Karen, Dan, Rivercourt guys, Rivercourt guys,
0: Peyton and Hayley. Peyton, They're both Haley, Peyton
1: yeah. So and and it's kind of just it was that introduction with some drama. Excellent, very well recapped. So let's move on to tonight's episode, and let's start with the main man himself, Lucas Scott. What was your interpretation of Lucas's journey in this episode?
0: Well, this one was a little bit... It's on the right path of kind of where I think he's going to go as a character already from episode one and two.
1: Well, if I can just touch on your predictions from last week, you were saying that you think that he will... Find his place on the team eventually, but you were saying he's going to have to go through certain hurdles and sort of earn his place on the team in the ranks to be accepted. That was basically your point. And you also believe there's going to be some sort of uh, confession of love from Hayley to, to Lucas and potentially some sort of like love triangles and that sort of stuff, right?
0: Yes. None of that has changed. Okay. None of my opinion of that has changed from this episode. Um, I'd have to say I'm I'm proud of Lucas. I'm proud Because he got the beat down on Nathan. (laughs) He called him a bastard and he smashed him up at the front of that classroom.
1: Well, but did he though? Because the the camera cut, but as it cut, he'd cocked back his fist, right? (laughs) So rather than his hair, just... (laughs) was, <laughs> but he, but that that whole Hemingway so again. Some of this we're going to do out of order. Um, but that whole Hemingway experiment or lesson was a little bit reckless from the teacher, was it not?
0: I thought exactly the same. I thought this guy, this guy, he's calculated. He's picked this these two like intentionally. He can sense the tension. He knows it's Nathan's like possible brother and girlfriend. What's he playing at? What's he doing? What's his name? Like Mr. Kelly or something? Something like that. Mr. Mr. Kelly's got a girl's name. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, so Mr. Kelly, he, yeah, he, he's just like, okay, so if you had to describe him in one word, what would you, what would you say? Uh, Payton, what would you say about Lucas? And she says, choke, because we know that he's had difficult time in the games, which we'll come back to, because that's very important. Uh, and he describes her as lonely
1: ouch wow ouch that
0: is kicking the teeth kind of chat there
1: well also because her her saying that he choked kind of is like a one that's a one time incident right him saying that she's lonely that like cuts to the core that implies you know a longer period of time you know
0: I want to get onto the lonely thing when we get to Peyton because yeah. I think that is I think that's really important in her character, I think we'll get to it. I think we need to come to contact. So let's stick with Lucas for now.
1: I just wanna say, again, I know this is an audio platform, but the love and the glee in Dom's eyes right now, I can already tell he is converted to One Tree Hill. Say it. You you love it, don't you? You I can already tell he's enthralled, his heart has poured, and it is pouring out the black, the white And the blue. Raven's (laughs) colours. I
0: don't know what just happened. I I am fearing for my life. I think I knocked the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a bit too much. Am I right, though? I'm not going to answer that question until we get to judgments at the end. Uh, I tell you now. So you're making me wait. And now I'm going to make you wait. Uh.
1: I just want to tell you now me listening back to the the judgement debate that we had at the end of the pilot episode I thought actually I almost had you if I pushed harder I think I could have got you to a 7 so I'm taking that fully in with me to today's debate (laughs) fuck you Dom (laughs) fuck you (laughs) (laughs) oh wow so Lucas, back more, to Lucas. More editing.
0: Lucas, so much editing. Uh, Lucas is uh, conti- has continued his mopey journey, but he's kind of well. We see him in the changing room.
1: Well, wait. the The first time we see him in the episode is at the River Court, and the guy, the River Court guys, are giving in They're sort of giving exposition reminders of. So you had a showdown with Nathan. It happened here on the river court. Now you're on the team, and you're about to play your first game tonight at six thirty. It's time for you to go. You know, just kind of set it up as, and remind us as an audience. And he's kind of like reluctant for them to be coming to watch. And they're all like, "Well, of course we're gonna come and watch." You know, you're you're our friend, and also doesn't it feel like there's the sense of he is representing them as an unrepresented group within the high school, within the Tree Hill Society, that they are the sort of pushed to the side, overlooked and looked down on, you know, a group of friends. And this is like, one of us is in the big leagues, you know, so they're going to to watch and support him.
0: They are like a really mixed bunch, aren't they? Uh, In terms of like a friendship circle. Because normally in that kind of teen drama, you have... Uh, the sporty, or I suppose they call it, the, the jock kids um, that have got cheerleaders hanging off their arms sort of thing. And then you've got... They're kind of the middle, aren't they? The the, the middle to geeky. And you've got the geeks and stuff like that, but they're kind of in that, that middle area where they don't... They're not really sure of their place. And Lucas is now being pulled into a world of seniority shall we say or like status mm. within the school <coughs> yeah and this is like everyone's going to be looking at you everyone's going to be looking up to you everyone's going to be looking to you for you know this that and the other you know they all look at Nathan and they go this guy's the captain of the basketball team he stole a bus in the first episode because they won a game he's reckless but he's like calculated uh, he's going to go far he's someone we should all kind of aspire to be. And now Lucas is kind of entering that world. But like I say with my prediction is that he won't fully enter that world. He might later on, you never know, but well, you do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't, Um, but I don't see him becoming that person. I think it's going to be that, eventually get to that struggle of, do I become this person of status and kind of forget my, my friends because these new people that are now accepting me and taking me on, are deeming that to happen and want that to happen or do I stay in that weird middle ground where actually I, I want to stay with my friends that have grown up with me and be my friends for a long time and these guys, they don't know who they are, they don't know what they're like, so why would they judge them?
1: Yeah, basically, is he going to buy into the bravado that comes with being on the varsity basketball team in a town that is, like, obsessed with basketball? Yeah,
0: exactly, that, that is absolutely yeah exactly like you said is obsessed by it uh, and that's kind of all they care about at the moment must be a terrible off-season yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> well maybe we'll see an off-season in the show who knows um who cool. knows right season two i, yeah. I say nothing <laughs> so as it goes forward it then goes to what you were saying that he's then in the changing rooms and he goes to see why Whitey. Like Whitey comes out and he's like scott and it's like that again, they both look round and it's like, no, you. Yeah,
0: calls him in, wants him to have a good game, ask him if he's nervous and he says he is. And he's like, that's good. Just kind of like, use that energy, sort of chat, isn't it? But, you know, you know what you're doing out there. Keep doing ev- everything that you do in practice um, and we won't have a problem. And that's that's the sum of it really, isn't it?
1: Yes. And he gets given his jersey. Number three. Number three.
0: What does that mean in basketball world? Does it mean anything?
1: You number three is the lowest number you can have. So you don't have one or two. Just go starts at three.
0: But it doesn't. It's not positional.
1: No numbers can be anything. It's just a. It's just a number. Yeah, it's three to ninety-nine.
0: Because because oh. I know that Nathan is twenty-three.
1: Yeah, Michael Jordan and LeBron. Number. Uh,
0: and was Dan twenty-three? Yeah. Right. So. I wasn't sure if they made him three, because it's the because of the just because of the numbering.
1: Mm, I do not think of it like that. But then just explaining it to you then and saying that three is the lowest number does that maybe in, to imply that he is the lowest, even though it's not to do you know, it, is that symbolic that he is like the lowest in the team?
0: Is that you know? entry level, isn't it?
1: Yeah, though I mean it's nothing to do with that. But uh, like because in the numbering it doesn't matter. But. And, and so but I'm saying is it's supposed to be imagery that he's, you know, the lowest in the totem pole in the team. I don't ha, know. Having
0: not known that, I, I wouldn't have thought that. I only thought the three and the 23, it mm. was that that shape, that image. And it was kind of uh, you're halfway there because mm. you haven't got that additional number. Oh, or it's like he's half because it's like... You're yeah. not really his son, but you are. It's kind of you're half his son. It's that it's that weird kind of you're not a real Scott. Mm kind of moment. Does that mm, make sense?
1: Really good. Yeah, I like that. That's how I saw it anyway. <laughs> that makes more sense than what I was saying, yeah.
0: Like Not that. terrible, no, it's different different views, isn't it?
1: On that jersey, that jersey is made by Cisco Athletic. It is called Dazzle Cloth, which is a fabric and type of basketball jersey that they don't regularly use anymore. And that's who they use to commission the jerseys that they made for the show now Dom I know this because I desperately wanted to buy and find a screen worn Ravens jersey like one that has actually been used in the show because as I said in our intro episode our basketball team here that we play for in our local league is called the Ravens and our kit and our jerseys are mimicked after the ones in the show. So I thought how dope it would be to have an actual one uh, and then, you know, and, and wear that for games and whatever. And obviously it'd be high quality. So I spent a long time tracking to try and find, you know, one of these jerseys to the point that I've spoken to a couple of the extras that <laughs> are actually Ravens in in the episode that we're watching, like on Instagram and whatever, to see if they had those jerseys. Now, unfortunately, this story has a sad ending because all of those jerseys are in a box somewhere in the Warner Brothers studio, in a warehouse somewhere, and none of those people, the actors, or ever got to keep them. But They did say they were really nice quality and they wished they could have kept them. However, I then contacted Cisco Athletic, who was the company...
0: <laughs> of course he <you> did.
1: <laughs> ...that manufactured them, and uh, they custom-made me some which I'm waiting for in in the mail at the moment. It's oh, wow. been a few weeks. Yeah. Um, so I will, as soon as I get it through, uh, I will post the picture and put it on our Instagram. And uh, yeah, I mean, so it's they're going to be the same, but they, they didn't have the uh, the letters. In, they had the letters embroidered on, like individually each letter and number was embroidered on in the show but they don't offer that service anymore so I ordered one where they've screen printed it on so it's the same but screen printed then I ordered another one that was just plain with the hopes that I can find the numbers and get them embroidered on to be (laughs) the same so that is the lengths of obsession that I'm going through here to try and get a screen accurate jersey Um, so when I get that through I'll also post another picture of that and if we have any listeners that are able to embroider then please contact us via our Instagram at Ravens Podcast.
0: Or if we have any listeners that are able to go into that box in one of other studios and lend us a couple or happily give them away, <laughs> and then I think uh, Simon would be very happy to receive one.
1: Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah sorry. never
0: know the the internet does wonderful things someone might might hear this and get you that shirt
1: i i would happily be buried in that jersey wow <laughs> not to say that like you know give me the jersey and murder me but <laughs> 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 you know when nature takes its plan out on me then yeah so anyway lucas is nervous about the game he gets the jersey Then we get some tension in the locker room and Nathan says, you wanted my world.
0: You wanted my world and my girlfriend?
1: I think he says, I think he just says, you wanted my world, like you got it or something like that. And then they get the iconic image of them both walking out of the locker room and they've both got Scott on their back.
0: Yeah. Do we have the, the weird little song?
1: How does the song go?
0: I can't remember. You know when they all lined up against the lockers before they come out?
1: Oh, Ravens. What? Raven. Raven. Raven.
0: <laughs> yes, that exact one. There was, there was more energy in what you just did in what any of the actors did in that
1: scene. Oh, you think they were lacklustre?
0: I was like, come on. Do they not want to win the game?
1: They're not really hyped
0: up. They're not into this. It's like the director's going, you have to do this. You absolutely all have to do this. And they've all gone, I really don't want to objective objected. But they've done it anyway.
1: Yeah, and it's not clear <laughs> what the words are. It's... Rayburns!
0: I did not enjoy that at all. Yeah. Take it out. That's what I take out from this episode.
1: Oh, okay. You're talking about the show, not our podcast. Not the podcast, no. This is the show.
0: But... Um, so Lucas has now decided that he's he's going to play, he's in the team, he's a bit nervous, and it's time to get out on the court and show everyone from Tree Hill what he can do. And so this is when we have the Sun moment from Dan Scott, and he calls out to Nathan, but Lucas turns around and looks at him. And this is what starts a whole chain of events from this episode. So this is like the pivotal moment of the episode for Lucas. And this is where he suddenly becomes completely incapable of playing basketball because he's so totally thrown by that comment. Mm. And it's even at that point where Nathan throws a basketball at him to kind of get his attention back and be like, no, he's calling me doofus kind of thing. And uh, the episode kind of progresses from there. But that's the the key bit of the episode. Lucas has to find his path and his way through this entire episode to break that that chain and that link and that moment of oh, hang on a minute, I don't I don't have a dad. I don't know if he's my dad. No one's ever called me son. Like from that dad perspective, he hasn't had that male role model other than his uncle Keith. Hashtag probably his real
1: dad (laughs) Well do you think it was odd for him to To turn around to that Like in terms of Well He's never heard that from a male counterpart before Do you know what I mean Like as in it's (laughs) odd for him to turn around to that anyway I
0: get that But if you were in a fairly crowded place But you're standing quite near someone And Mm -hmm. they went Graham You'd probably still turn around (laughs) Your name isn't Graham (laughs) Right But you think, oh, what's that? So you're gonna turn around and
1: look, and then you see the man that abandoned your mother and didn't play, didn't pay child support or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, says you're not his son. I mean, has he said that? I mean, that's what we're going with, isn't it? That's what I'm going with. Okay, okay, okay. But if if he's not contributed to this kid in any way, yeah, does he does he not? I need to ask questions now.
1: You're saying that, that he's he, not acknowledging.
0: I think him. he's not acknowledging him as, a, as his child. Because there's a bit in the first episode, isn't there, where he says, when Nathan says, God, we have the same name for Christ's sake, has your name? And I'm sure Dan is like, that kind of means nothing, sort of thing. No
1: comment. I don't <laughs> <have comments. laughs>
0: this is so annoying.
1: Well, so you're saying that that comment is the impetus for the downward spiral of Lucas essentially losing his talent in terms of basketball and then having to get that back on track yeah. towards the end. But so then,
0: it's, it's at this point he gets dropped as well, isn't it? So he's just had an bench, absolute yeah. mare of the game. But it's right at the beginning. So it's after the Sun comment, the game starts He's in a position to receive the ball and potentially make a shot. But he fluffs catching it and it nearly hits Peyton. And Peyton says, Nice "Nice hands. hands. And he says, Nice legs.
1: (laughs) Come on now. That's a quick response.
0: Nice balls.
1: (laughs) 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 Really shaving him up good. Shiny. The right one's a bit bigger than the left. You might want to get that checked out. Veiny.
0: <laughs> oh, this took a weird turn. I meant basketballs. Oh.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Did you really? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Oh, you'll never know. I know you. You meant testicles. <laughs> Moving on, yes. Anyway. My, uh, that's a quick response. What? Balls? No, nice, nice hands, nice legs. He firstly, let's commend him. he's taken an insult and turned it into a compliment to somebody else to say positive in a negative situation is a commendable thing to do,
0: hitting on his maybe brother's girlfriend mm,
1: awesome. in
0: front of a whole crowd
1: mm, yeah, we'll talk about that more as that develops but did did you not like that 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 bit 'cause that's kind of uh, we're starting in this episode there and this isn't a spoiler but there is so much that is iconic in the presence of the show as a whole there's so many little lines and things here that are like printed on t-shirts and things that you won't be able to see until <laughs> the show's over and you're finally unlocked and able to google things but that's one of those moments that's like a line that is quoted and is all over memes and things on instagram all that sort of stuff Uh, okay also while it's in my mind just so i don't forget it's really important to me that you watch the intro every time to the episode so you know when it cuts in on like you're watching it on amazon prime right uh you're not you're watching it on something Mm. okay but when, you know, when you watch it in streaming services, it comes up with, you can click to skip the intro, you know, when it does the opening credits and the theme tune and whatever.
0: The site I'm watching it on, I have to watch the intro. Oh, great. I, I always watch the, the recap bit.
1: Oh, Is good. that what you mean? Last I, I meant, on... well, that too, but I meant the, you know, I don't want to be any... You know, all of that. You've got to... Yeah. Yeah, because... It's part of it. The song is part of it. It's all part of it. I don't want you skipping any part of this experience. Okay, fine. Excellent. Deal. Excellent. Okay, so what uh, So what else about Lucas? He has, I mean, he has that comment with Peyton, but Peyton and Lucas have a whole journey together in this episode. Let's yeah. talk about Lucas's side of that journey.
0: So he's, uh, once the game's over, he's been dropped. He's kind of had all these jibes coming his way. We talked about the moment in the classroom. Was,
1: was he right for attacking Nathan? Uh, I mean, can you understand where he, where he lost his patience, let's say?
0: Yeah, definitely. You can you can understand it. But what Nathan says, based on that, around that later, which we'll talk about later, when we talk about Nathan, is absolutely right, I think. Well, that's, you know, how I would have seen it as well.
1: Swinging it down, you mean? Yeah,
0: yeah, basically. Um but come to think of it, he didn't come away with that with a black eye, did he? So maybe he didn't hit him after all. Mr. Kelly got in the way, whatever his name is. Yeah.
1: After the game, Lucas goes to the river court to shoot around to yeah. try and I don't know, get some sense of balance around him.
0: And and it's just a montage of him missing. Yeah. But he still can't get over it. So this hurdle is is still a bit too much. He's just hitting this wall and um, it's affecting his gameplay, even on his own, even in his own his own court you know, where he's comfortable and he's happy,
1: it's, the game has completely changed for him now. And Peyton arrives, and we'll talk about how she got there when we get to Peyton, and it's basically like misery likes company, I think one of them says, and then he's sort of telling her that, you know, I shoot, it goes in, I don't ask any questions, it's just the way it happens. I don't think about it, it's
0: just, yeah, exactly, it's just the way it happens. And there's obviously this blocker in his head now; is just completely preventing that. And you can you sympathise. Sort of, this is the moment where you sympathise with him. You don't think this guy is just a mopey teenager anymore, like sort of did in the first episode. And I kind of mentioned he's a bit what was the word?
1: Is it? You said mopey. Like mopey. Yeah. I suppose. Mopey. I suppose a mopey teenager.
0: Um, he's gone from. You know, being convinced to play on this team to his friends and his closest friends saying, we're not going to be your excuse. You need to go and play on the team. His mum's being really up and down about it. um, And everyone else, especially his uncle, saying, you need to go and play. You're good enough to then having the worst game probably of his life. (laughs) Um, And it was a bit dreadful and looking like a bit of a fool, um, probably feeling like a bit of a fool. Uh, to then just not being able to get over this mental block at all.
1: And that's what she brings up to him. It's like, well, you did fail in front of like half of the town and, you know, your high school and your friends and your new teammates, but, you know, it's not that bad. And he sort of brings up the fact that she's a cheerleader again, sort of implying that, you know, she's not exactly particularly very cheerful either. He
0: questions why she does it. And then she gives a mixed answer without giving it an answer. Um, and then there's then there's the awkward moment when he gets to the house.
1: Yeah, so he drops her home.
0: And she invite she doesn't invite him in, sorry. She says, do you want to come in? And he's like, but, but, uh, 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 and doesn't really know what to do. Idiot. Um, I'm joking. <laughs> um, and goes up to the door and she's like, what are you doing? I said, did you want to come in? I didn't invite you in. Um, yeah, we'll get to that when we get to Peyton. <laughs> he likes it. He smiles. He's yeah. He he he's enjoying the chase, I think. And, but and she's leading
1: him on. Is there anything about it that maybe he's wrong for pursuing someone else's girlfriend? I think I, mean... it, I think he's doing it to get one over on Nathan. Oh, you think so?
0: Yeah. Okay. But I think pro- he probably has that emotional connection with her, because. They're both outsiders like, in what they tortured do. Tortured souls. It's not even the tortured soul bit. That that bit's important. And she almost certainly is. But it's that they're both living in this, or they're both taking part in this world of, you know, that high school status game where they're both at that top of the tree, but they're both just slightly parallel and to the edge because she doesn't really fit in with the cheerleaders. You know, um, and he does definitely doesn't fit in with the the basketball players, but they're both involved in that world, but they they're just ever so slightly removed from it. So, they I think they're very much drawn to each other for that reason alone.
1: They're both into the arts as well. In terms of she's really into music, he's really into literature, which are two sort of thing. And the music that she's into is a lot of vinyl and stuff that she's got, you know, behind her in her room. And they're kind of, that's different to, I mean, we'll get to paint a bit later, but when Brooke says to her, oh, did you buy the new Beyonce? She kind of like rolls her eyes because that's like too mainstream. You know, yeah. it's like they're, like you said, they're, yeah, they're, they're on the ladder, but they're to the side. Yeah. I mean, that's a good, good way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. like that. <laughs> Okay so what else happens with um, with Lucas, he he meets Jake, or Jake introduces himself to him and gives him a book, Atlas Shrugged and we'll talk more, maybe we'll talk more about that when we get to Jake. He's like the first person that's come across as like an ally to Lucas on the team.
0: So Jake for me, I know we're going to talk about him a bit more, um, but was the first sort of olive branch into into being part of the team um, and this guy isn't a particularly tough cookie to crack he was just someone that's probably in a similar position he's like on the parallel side of things um, to the rest of the team or to the, let's say the Nathan followers which gives Lucas that kind of, that person that he can potentially look to now uh, and go to and there's he's got a friend that's involved in the team that isn't necessarily that typical jock idiot i think Just someone the, that doesn't
1: buy into all of the garbage yeah basically or the hierarchy and all of that sort yeah. of stuff who's yeah.
0: also like intellectual would rather read a book than
1: you know fuss over nicking a bus yes <laughs> and a big book size yeah. of that book i worry about me reading it how am i going to get this home
0: (laughs) put wheels on it and ride
1: it (laughs) yeah yeah exactly uh so what what else happens with lucas oh lucas uh he kind of interweaves between all of the characters in a way or most of them he speaks to keith in uh, the auto shop and that's where we get the whole the messier the car, the prettier the girl. But he's saying, well, Michael Jordan didn't play very well in his first game. He's like, yeah, he did. He scored 16 points. He's like, oh, well, Michael Jordan got cut from his varsity team. He's like, and, you know, he did all right. You know, and sort of giving all of these, you know, nice moments there. And when we get more moments with Peyton and Lucas, Lucas discovers her art and is sort of flicking through it. And Peyton comes over and is saying... You Know this is private, this is not for you to look at. I wouldn't read your diary, that sort of thing. And that st- starts this story arc of the back and forth about the art, and then Peyton not submitting the art to FUD magazine, and Peyton, Lucas eventually submitting it on her behalf.
0: It's like Lucas goes through uh, like post game misery and feels like he can't do or achieve anything. And he doesn't know where he, he's meant to be or stand. But then he, he sees the art and there's a particular picture that he pulls out. Uh, and it says, they are not you. And, I mean, it's probably not coincidental that he had like an orange red top on. And the the, the figure was the only one that had a little red top on. And
1: sort of like, Levi like had blonde hair with his <laughs> hairstyle. Basically, yeah. <laughs> so she
0: had drawn him in a crowd of people that all look and do the same um I mean that's our way of kind of saying you don't need to be part of that team in the same way that they're all part of it or you know part of society in the same way that everyone would expect you to be and so on and so forth and I suppose it's quite philosophical and wise for a teenage drop, what feels like a teenage drama at the moment to, to me anyway um but that's, that's the next turning point. She talks about her art not mattering. It has to matter. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to anyone else. So what's the point? Why would I hand it into to Thud Magazine? And then he's looking through it. He picks out the bin. So he's going through like bin art, because that's what he does. Um, and then he, he sees... Well it's when he gets it home, but he sees that picture. And that's when it strikes him and he thinks, no, I know it's about positive action. Now I need to be the one that um, takes control of my own destiny. But he's, al- he's already had that kind of conversation with his mum and I think this is just the, that final edge, that final push that makes him go, yeah, fuck it, I'm going to do it. I've got to go for this now. This is what it's about. I'm going to play some b-ball. It's loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, he goes running down the street, attacks the man outside Thud Magazine. If someone grabbed me on the shoulder like that, and I was unexpecting it. I'd, one of two things would happen. Okay. One, I yep. would immediately shit myself. Okay. And two, I would turn around so quickly, like, ready to, like, have a fight. Because I think this geezer's attacking me. This guy's just sort of really calmly sort of turns his head and, like...
1: And he shakes his hand oh, as well. What do you want?
0: He must know that he works opposite. Right, right, right. Because the, the garage
1: You're is opposite. Café. It's the café. It's the garage? Café. It's, the, it's got to be the 100%, garage 100% uh, It's 100% the cafe Because When you're looking In the reverse shop From FUD Oh you see the you cafe You can see the cafe Ah I don't know What I'm talking about but, then Do I
0: Is but, he not in the garage When when it goes in the bin
1: No he's in the cafe
0: Oh because the car She's already collected the car but We're he, already beyond that
1: Yeah but okay. they, have, they have Like two Or three interactions At the garage
0: Okay, this is where I'm getting confused. Then. Yeah, okay. so like, right. clearly, I, I need a map of the area.
1: Right. <laughs> the first time ever, when he he turns around after submitting the guy that her artwork, it you can see what FUD stands for. Did you see? No. It's an acronym. I missed yeah. that. It stands for. Do you want to guess?
0: Tree Hill. Yeah. No idea. It <laughs>
1: It stands for Tree Hill oh no, something daily, but then it was, yeah, it stands for Tree Hill something. I can't remember what the U is, daily, but then in the on the sign it's crossed out the daily and put weekly.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: obviously they're doing it weekly because daily would be insane. <laughs> so um, for a magazine, I mean. So, yeah.
0: Uh, it's kind of at that point where he has this that moment then of clarity of what i need to do and he goes and gets ready for the next game
1: well and he's had he had a couple of interactions with whitey as well because he wasn't going to come back he's had a couple of interactions with nathan these are things that we'll probably touch on when we get to those characters but this is a very much lucas centric episode like as in we go into other characters but the whole thing is revolving around his struggle with getting back to where he was previously with his talent
0: which also links to his mum
1: so should we go to karen next
0: i think we need to talk about karen should Does we, she need to be next should we just should we <laughs>
1: maybe we should do peyton next because they're sort of inter- intertwined yeah, um, but should we just say the way it ends is with Lucas?
0: Great way to end the episode.
1: Talk about it, my friend. I
0: thought the ending of this episode was great.
1: Describe what, it to us. And
0: it, okay, so Lucas goes back. He's back in the changing rooms. He's about to get ready to to play. Um, and get his kit on to play basketball. He's going to be in the team. Why he going You know, like, I knew he'd gone back to that kind of thing. Um, and he's ready. He's he wants. You know, he's going to go and get ready. Um, people are a bit surprised that he's turned up, but you know what? He's going to give it a go. And he's decided that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. He's cut. He's over it. He needs. To, he knows what he needs to do. He's got to go out there and prove a point and be the player that he's always been. Um, just one person can't take that away from him. He decides he's kind of there looking at the back of the shirt and you're looking at it and you think, oh, okay. And anyway, the next time you see him, he's on um, the court and he sort of bumps into paint, and she's like, oh, you turned up then. And he that's the whole interaction of your art does matter. I mean, so it matters to me because it was her art and her picture that got him back there.
1: <laughs> and, and he says, your art matters. It's what got me here. Which, apart from that, is in the intro of each of our podcast episodes. Uh, because hopefully, our podcast matters, and it's what's helped you get to work today, or whatever it is that you're doing, or go to bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More likely that, but the, uh, but that is also, if not, the most iconic line in the whole. In the whole program,
0: is that on T-shirts?
1: That's on T-shirts. Okay. That's on everything <laughs> um, because branded. They're going through the same kind of stuff, aren't they? They both feel like they're not good enough. They're going through parallel journeys, one with art, one with basketball. So I think it was an, it was important that yeah, they both have shown up, and they and that moment was important. Like that's a moment that feels anyway to for anything we've seen more meaningful than anything Peyton has had with Nathan you know that one moment of he was validating her and saying look it does matter it's why I'm here it has affected one person me because I'm here right now and then he has that moment with Whitey where Whitey says you know are you going to be okay and he says yeah yeah I'm going to be fine, or something like that. And he turns around, and what, Dom?
0: He sees Dan Scott, looks him in the face, kind of shakes his head at him, and turns around. And this is my favourite bit of the whole episode, I think. Yeah, definitely my favourite bit of the episode. So I'm going to ruin the judgments bit, because this bit is great.
1: Okay.
0: And you turn around, and you see the number three on his back, and he's taken his name off. It doesn't say Scott, it's just a black line a blank space and Dan Scott is looking straight at him and he's almost like hurt you can see the hurt he's ripped that name off he wants nothing to do with your name he wants to be his own man his own basketball player doesn't matter if it's got the same surname as you because it's nothing to do with you not linked to you you've not impacted on my life or you know potential career in anyway, I am my own man I don't need your name and that was like a massive kick in the teeth to Dan. Well that's how I watched how I read it, I read into it and saw it. that so he's realized that this kid doesn't care now. He's, you know, getting to that point where he's mature enough to move on. And it's affecting Dan. And Lucas is kind of over it. And I'm kind of hoping that when we get to the next episode, they show this game. Like we're not going to know. But, he, you know, and then he, like, smashes it in the game. This is his opportunity to redeem himself. It's like the redemption game, the redemption episode. Actually, I've, I've been a bit mopey in that one because I messed up in the first game. But now I know that I don't need this man in my life and he doesn't hold anything over me. So I can just play as as I would normally would and play my natural game and just feel better about myself. That's so, kind of... How I think it's going to go. So
1: that's your prediction. Is For that Lucas. we'll just take it this one episode? Then you think in the next episode he's going to really perform and really shine in this game because he's got his talent back.
0: Yeah, that star has returned.
1: My god, if guys, listeners, if you could see the look in Dom's eyes, <laughs> he is he is ravened out. I can tell. I can tell. Loves it. Oh. Dear. Okay, well let's go to Peyton then. Let's. Okay, so what well, did you make a Peyton with what was we talked about some of her Well, some of we talked about some of her plot points, but I think her first main one is when she's making out with Nathan and uh Nathan keeps stopping and laughing because he's remembering that Lucas, you know, yeah, choked or had a bad opening game so what did you make of that whole interaction
0: well this is where he says where he says
1: put some ice on it is one of the things he says
0: says, yeah put some ice on it don't you think I want to talk about my feelings and stuff like that and she says well no you just want to make fun of someone who's had a really like bad day at the office kind of thing who's had an awful game and you want to poke fun at him
1: public humiliation
0: yeah and frankly and she says and frankly it's it's played out
1: yeah and then he says well the only thing played out is like being with you or something like that yeah it's
0: like oh well like me and you sort of thing or like being with you and then that's like wow what is she doing with him
1: it's fully like tit for tat with him isn't it that oh you've said something that I don't agree with so I have to come back at you harder because I can't ever be the vulnerable one i can't ever be the one that you know is on the receiving end without you know retaliation i think that shows to his maturity and to he actually is insecure and vulnerable yeah and insecure because i think he thinks that peyton likes lucas and then insecure because i think he's worried for his spot on the team with Lucas as well, that Lucas could potentially be a better basketball player than him. So
0: maybe we should flip this around and talk about Nathan.
1: Okay, let's talk about your boy.
0: <laughs> because in a, in a similar vein, he can never get one over on his dad. He, he can't win that argument with his dad. He can't win that fight. So every time he has a retort or something to say, Dan has something straight back to say, you know, and, and kind of slams him down and makes him feel like crap, makes him feel awful. And he does that to Peyton all he, the
1: time. So you think it's like, it's a ripple effect. It's that because he can't do it to Dan, he's passing it down the chain, doing it to someone that he feels like he is able to do it to.
0: What um, I found most surprising is when Nathan said, why do you think mum extends her business trips uh, to Dan, so yeah. much? And actually, if you, if you look at his relationship with Peyton... It's, exa- it's no different from, from what I can tell of this episode. Because I, I haven't met the mum yet. I, I'm starting to think she's like Charlie Brown's teacher. <laughs> but she's just kind of in the background going, wah, 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 and you'll <laughs> never actually see her. And we'll probably never meet her. Like, that might be a shout in the, um, <laughs> at the end of the podcast. But, uh, but Nathan you know, can see what his dad is like. But he can't seem to see that he's exactly the same.
1: He's like, yeah, he's following the same path.
0: And just treats pain like crap.
1: So, do you think then that Dan is like this because he was treated like this from a father figure? Like, you're trying to, do you think this is a ripple effect or you haven't got that far yet?
0: I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know whether his competitiveness is what the problem has always been been, but his competitor, sorry, has come from uh, his parent, so I'm talking about Dan this time whether it's come from his father or a grandfather or something like that I I don't know, I have no idea I couldn't even guess right now
1: So bring it back to Nathan, he chucks Peyton out and then says well take your garbage music with you
0: Enjoy your walk home
1: And just drives off and leaves it there
0: I know Scumbag
1: (laughs) He just doesn't he doesn't give a shit.
0: No, but he, he then comes, always comes running back to her though, doesn't it? Like, I mean, that's the kind of the wrong way to phrase it because he, he always sort of comes back with his tail between his legs. Maybe that's the best way to phrase it. He knows he's done something stupid, he's done something wrong. He knows he's got a good thing with her, but keeps treating her like crap. But she's stupid enough to take him back every time
1: well this time it's a little bit different because she he calls her and she's doing some art and he says you know just tell me it's going to be okay so when I see you tomorrow at school I know that we can go back to being us and she's like okay but then what she's drawn down says it's not okay and it's a picture of him driving off and leaving her there so I think that's to go to imply that Actually, she's starting to think that this is an acceptable behaviour, and though she's telling him it's all right, she's keeping that in the top pocket and, you know, making a note of it. Yeah,
0: definitely. That's a great, great explanation of that. Thank you. <laughs> Don't be shy.
1: <laughs> what else happens with Nathan? I mean, I think it's fair to say that he's in, he's starting to to bully. Lucas wouldn't you say I mean he's is he's, he's targeting him like going to the river court mocking him that he he can't shoot saying things like me I've never seen anyone lose it before we all think about if we were if, if it would happen but I've never actually seen it happen and you know I would say see you at practice but we both know you're not going to be there you know just really mind games with him and intimidating him like, yeah. I don't think there's any other way of Uh, Of perceiving that other than intimidation
0: yeah definitely and he he is just that playground bully isn't he and it's just using words to kind of put that additional pressure onto Lucas for the whole episode and anyone who tries to stick up for Lucas he immediately attacks them as well so Jake is then sort of almost immediately becomes an enemy Because Jake's the only one that's honest about what happened in the fight. Yeah. Um, And tells his little mate, what's his little mate called? Tim. Tim. Tells Tim, um, "Oh, actually, maybe it happened like this. Maybe you were on the bottom. Maybe you were on the bottom and he was, you know, punching your lights out kind of thing. And he's like, well, maybe you should shut up. And he always has to bring it back to something that they're not very good at, basketball. You know, maybe you should.
1: Yeah. Catch more, get more rebounds or something. Yeah.
0: And it's just like, all right, mate. I've got to think of, a, you know, something original to come back with.
1: Yeah, it's always, again, he can't be the vulnerable one. He yeah. has to end with him saying the crescendo.
0: It's belittling. Yeah. It has to belittle someone. Um,
1: Which is the the tale as old as time sign of an insecure person. Like, it's insecure people that have to make themselves feel bigger by putting other people down. Yeah. Like, secure, healthy people do not need to be negative to others to make themselves feel better. Absolutely. Spot on. But he is not secure. He is not. Because he's got a small dick. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. My man's out there with a peanut. That's <laughs> cashew town. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sick so (laughs) what else happens with Nathan oh he has Nathan goes for the the jog with Dan
0: Uh, yeah because Dan is watching the sort of tape and the footage of the game and says oh in the the final quarter you were looking a bit winded Winded. so go to bed now we're going for a run in the morning because one run is going to fix that
1: Maybe we should cover that run when we get to Dan because that is mainly Dan sort of telling the story. But I, I think that's pretty much it for Nathan, isn't it?
0: Nathan is just continuing that path of being a bit of a tosser. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it really, you know, for for sorry for American listeners, is just an asshole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it is showing a little bit more where it's coming from.
0: He's got mega insecurities. He's such an insecure character um, and is, you know, borderline abusive to his girlfriend. She takes him back every time, but we're getting to that final straw moment. And, you know, when we get onto Peyton, I think there's definite, you know, eyes are wandering,
1: shall <laughs> we say. Yeah. Little forest Wicker. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so what is your prediction for Nathan for the next couple of episodes? Or for the next episode? Maybe we should do it one episode at a time. What do you think for Nathan in the next episode?
0: He hints at leaving the team, doesn't he? There's that moment where he says, maybe I should just quit the team uh, and just do something else, just not do it anymore. Maybe you should join me. And he's talking to Peyton at this t- at this point, And she looks so excited and like, "Oh, I can actually... Just leave that life and not be part of that, and just do my own thing, and not feel like I have to be part of a circle, um, or or any of that shit. I can just be me, and he wants to do it too, uh, and he's and he he seemed really heartfelt and like yeah maybe this is maybe that's the right thing to do, and I don't need to follow my dad's path. I don't need to you know constantly live in his shadow, and that's where I thought we were gonna go as soon as he started saying it, and then he was like. Nah, you think I'm gonna do that? No way. And he just gets up and leaves. And just like, what? Just, I don't understand what just happened. He went from being a almost human being to just back to being this horrendous little oaf.
1: While painting her toes and saying she had ugly toes. <laughs> yeah. But that, I found that really jarring as well, how quickly it switched. Because it was like, hang, hang on a minute. Like, that was really sincere. And then. Just out of nowhere, he was like, "No, that's crazy." So, do you think he was just saying it to see what she would say, or do you think that was a little bit of realness coming out of him? And then it was like, "No, wait." He sort of heard her reaction and was like, "Oh no, 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 I can't do that."
0: I think it was. I think it was real. Like feelings and emotions around wanting to give up and not live that life, and like we talked about in the last one, his dad is living vicariously through him and he's sick to death of it you can tell there's a moment where he's walking away from him when he's about to go to the game and his dad is just continuously saying you got to do this and you got to do that and the other team are going to be you know like this and they're aware of you and they know what you're good at and what you're bad at because they've been watching tapes and, blah, blah, blah. and it's just on and on and on. he takes that like swig of water and he, he leaves and he just and he forgets his bag doesn't he yeah um and he, he just doesn't he doesn't want to listen to it anymore and I think it's genuine I think he genuinely wants to leave and he's thinking oh, I could just not do this how how much better would my life be or how much easier would my life be if my dad wasn't just on my case the whole time about playing bloody basketball um, and then she's like quite excited I don't know whether he really noticed her reaction because he didn't really look up but it felt like he didn't really look up from her mm. uh, uh, look up to her, sorry, like from her feet. <laughs> it just seemed like he went, nah, not really going to do that. But I don't know, maybe maybe that's what we'll find out in the next episode. He's got to, um, I think he'll have to combat whether he does or doesn't want to do it. I think he'll, he's the sort of person that will, even if he wanted to leave, he wouldn't because Lucas is now involved.
1: Too much of a competitive rivalry now. Yeah,
0: pride is more important to him than personal feelings or emotion
1: yeah his own happiness yeah
0: exactly um so he has to he has to win over lucas you know and he's the kind of person that's like if i can't have peyton no one can
1: so he murdered her
0: (laughs) so he's gonna kill her in the next episode (laughs) no but he can see he hints and says doesn't he that lucas likes my girlfriend and
1: yeah, well he, said, he said to Peyton at the beginning when they're like making out in a car, he's like, oh, what, Are you sweet on this guy? Are you like this guy? Or yeah. Something
0: like that. So, so there's already hints towards him knowing that there's this weird little connection. And they have an understanding, Lucas and Peyton. They have an understanding that, you know, an un, un, unwritten one so far, but it's there. And he's not involved in that. And that's uncomfortable and, and difficult for him. Because maybe Lucas is the person he should have been. He shouldn't have been this douchebag that's grown up to just be competitive all the time.
1: Well, yeah, maybe he's actually, in a way, looking at Lucas and thinking, this is how I would be if I didn't have the involvement of our shared dad.
0: Yeah, so you got the, the better of our two worlds because you haven't got this competitive lunatic bringing you up, forcing you into playing a game that he might not even enjoy. He's really good at it, but he probably doesn't enjoy it mm-hmm. because it's become work. Work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he's like a teenager.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, true. But I mean, that's. but he would never admit that. This is no. back to his own insecurities. Isn't yeah, it?
0: definitely. He couldn't admit that and he couldn't let anyone see his vulnerability. That was the, the first moment of vulnerability. Actually, that's probably a good word for it in that scene with Peyton. And then immediately shut that door as soon as she was about to step in uh, and join him in that vulnerable state because she's very vulnerable and we've seen that well I think we've seen that from the first episode and now this episode and struggles to let people in that's why she reacts as well
1: Mm.
0: and is very sarcastic but you know I suppose brings that out in her art which she says doesn't mean anything but meant something to him Probably means a lot to her, um, really, in deep down, and that's her way of expressing it. Um, and I suppose Nathan's only way of expressing it is through basketball because that's all he's got, because that's all he's been bred to be.
1: Nice, very well put. I don't think that this is a spoiler in telling you this, but going through the show, there is some powerful themes of bullying that happens a lot in the show and I think that a lot of people that enjoy the show relate to it because they have felt that like maybe within their own lives when they were growing up and that kind of has a a lasting effect so as much as we like have a laugh on here etc like you and I um, we have a small platform and so I think we should also ...do what we can to try and support people. Um, But use
0: our powers for good.
1: Right, and I think bullying plays quite a big role in the early seasons of this show... ...and bullying affects so many people... ...and I'm sure that many of our listeners have felt that as well. Um, So I'd like to start a segment where, on the podcast... ...we can talk about some of these issues to help raise awareness... ...and then try to provide a positive space for these issues... So whether it be us talking about it or some of our listeners if they wanted to, anonymously, if, if that was more comfortable, you know, tell us some of you know times that have impacted on them and how they've got over it, etc. And it being a positive space to, you know, kind of help share and get through that, then I think we we could do that. So what I want to introduce is the High Flyers Club for people that are unapologetically themselves and take the high road. So, the High Flyers Club or High Flyers again. This is a, a tiny spoiler, but in One Tree Hill later down the line, there is a basketball camp called High Flyers, as in people flying high in basketball. But I think it kind of relates to like Lucas's journey in this episode, and in that he kind of wants to take the high road, you know, most you know most of the time. And it's about him being unapologetically him. Well, yeah. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think we have a platform to, to definitely put a... We already put quite a positive message out there on things. And as like you said, as much as we have a joke and a laugh and muck about, we, we can use this platform, as little as it may be or as big as it may get, whatever, to, to do some good with it. And I think that's a, that's a lovely idea.
1: Hi everyone, Simon from the future again, three years on, just reflecting back on this episode and at this point of the podcast I go on to introduce the High Flyers Club which is really great and continues throughout the podcast as a place where we can talk about mental health issues and things that ourselves or our listeners have overcome and the techniques and strategies that they've put in place to be able to, to fly high and move forward beyond these hurdles and the fragilities that we all feel in life and the human experience. However, in this part of this podcast episode, I go on like a 20, 25 minute rant that I'm going to cut out where I was actually going through something at this point, I think in real life. It was in like the beginning of lockdown and there was just a lot of things going on. Um, And I go on to tell this story about how I was bullied uh, as a kid or as a sort of early teen and then, you know, 20 years later, like at sort of the time of when we were recording this, I had like found my bully on social media and or found him and was uh, trying to make contact to be like, hey, you wronged me when I was a child and... Uh, you know, and then he was actually mean to me again as an adult. And then later we spoke and then he was very apologetic and, uh, and we sort of moved on and now sort of ended on a good note. But the point was, is I should never have reached out to him in the first place because people do things when they're kids, people do things when they're young and we can't hold people responsible, Particularly in them like formative years uh, for things, and think that people stay the same, and think and don't think that people evolve and progress and move on. And I don't think I'd quite grasp that con that concept yet, and was very much still in my feelings and uh, wasn't able to remove myself yet and look at it from a larger perspective. That actually bringing up things from people's past. Uh, could be triggering for them and could be harmful to them. And though a previous version of that person may have harmed me, I don't want to harm them. And gotta have to have some faith in the human race. Really, that we learn, we grow, we evolve, and we move on. I know that I certainly have. I'm sure that everybody listening has as well. Um, and if that person hasn't, then we just kind of hope that one day they they manage to get there. So. But I went on this whole rant about it, and it just really makes me cringe to hear it back. So I'm taking that out, um, and I hope I've kind of explained it a bit from a better perspective here. Uh, So if it ever gets mentioned again in these later episodes, you kind of have an idea. But yeah, it's so funny how in the breadth of this podcast, which has been like three years... My perception of things have changed and we continue to grow and evolve. I'm sure in years to come I might hear this, what I'm saying now, and think, oh God, cringe, what are you saying? People know all of these things already. You're just rambling and babbling in a dress, which is what Keith says to YT at some point in season one. But yeah, so I cut that bit out. But the High Flies Club is really important and a great, sort of anchor of our podcast where we can dive into some of the more serious matters so I uh, hope you'll enjoy you know that aspects of the podcast I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far and hopefully this will be the last time that I feel the need to retrospectively you know put a little message in here but again thank you so much for listening and hope you continue to enjoy the podcast well, should we wrap up Peyton then, as we've kind of danced around lots of her points?
0: She's falling for Lucas. Okay. That's what I'm seeing. Okay. Because she wants Nathan to be what Lucas is. And exactly, that you hit kind of nail on the head earlier when you said um, he's shown, Lucas has shown more kind of affection and more...
1: They're like connected on a deeper level.
0: Yeah, he's gone to that, that deeper level. Maybe it's because he's got like a walnut dick <laughs> rather than a
1: cashew dick. And Lucas has got a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> they call him the bull. Uh, <laughs> Tucked it into his socks. Oh shit. <laughs>
0: Oh god! Um, <laughs> so, so um, they've already had that connection. They've had that connection twice on the same court, haven't they?
1: On the river
0: court. No. Well, th- there's that moment on the river oh, court well, on, on the ride right home, but sorry. On the actual on the actual yeah yeah high school court yeah. Um, with the miss at the beginning. So nice hands, nice legs, to actually you art means something and it meant something to me and this is why I'm here it's like oh uh, someone's r- respecting me and treating me right and in, in in two sentences and has said something to me that means more to me than what Nathan has ever said to me
1: and that's actually really good writing isn't it because it shows how it's a skin deep conversation literally uh, at the beginning of the episode. To what is a a much deeper conversation at the end of the episode. So arcing and completing that storyline for, for that episode anyway. And uh yeah, I mean, I will just throw in that Mark Schwann to so the creator and the writer, because this was, as we said in our last episode, written to be a feature film. He said he'd written out the first couple of episodes because that's what would have fit, you know, the film and whatever. And then after that, it was kind of like, okay, now we need to sort of rethink things. So these first episodes, I think, are really well structured because it's structured with little mini complete storylines almost in a way, but obviously with much bigger overarching storylines in the background.
0: Okay, cool. So that gives me something to sort of think about when I watch the next episode in particular. And as the episodes go on, um, to see if I can see that that change. Um, because the way it's going it's quite quickly progressing already in that he's already on his second game. Um, he's, uh, Lucas, I mean, he's already on his second game and he's already had so much interaction with Peyton. And it's not as if he's new to the school. So they've all grown up together. They all know each other. But they've clearly not really had... Well, it feels like they've not really had any connection other than now. This, this is this is the vital year where things are happening and hormones. I'm just gonna say oh, hormones. hormones. <laughs> um, but he he has definitely uh, got feelings for her, and I think she reciprocates them. But they neither of them can express it because of. Nathan
1: in between. Nice. Well, Peyton, we get a lot of stuff with her art in this episode. So that art was done by an artist called Helen Ward, who uh, so they would do the art and then Peyton Hilary Burton, the actress, would just sort of like scribble over a little bit, you know, in the scenes as we the art again this isn't a spoiler but it continues to play like a theme throughout the show so i'm hoping at some point if we can it would be cool if we could reach out to the artist uh, to have her as a guest on an episode of the podcast to ask her about the art and you know what sort of guidance she was given and all that sort of stuff and how she feels about it being so iconic because a lot of again like these art pictures and whatever, and they're all on T-shirts and memes and stickers, and I've got a ton of, like, little stickers and things in my office. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, a bit larger than life now. So I think hopefully we can aspire to, to doing that.
0: That would be great. Yeah, let's let's reach out and see if we can get in touch with them.
1: Nice. Uh, so what's your prediction for painting for the next couple of episodes?
0: It's difficult to decide, with her she's still in that cheerleader world so I think she's just she'll continue with that she'll continue with the art but maybe the barrier that she puts up particularly to Lucas and the whole um my boyfriend may or may not be your brother thing <laughs> right. I think that barrier will lower slightly and her vulnerability will become a little bit clearer to Lucas. But he'll kind of see that and maybe nurture it or play a part in it or try and get involved in it somehow that will backfire. It will cause more problems. So him trying to help will cause her more problems for whatever reason with Nathan or the Scott family in general. Um, and then we'll set them back to square one. Kind of what I see happening.
1: Okay. Nice. Well, let's move on to Jake. Jake Jagelski.
0: Jake is. It was. I don't even remember him in the first episode. So I'm assuming he's new to this episode.
1: I think he was maybe in a basketball scene, maybe, but uh, potentially he's new to this. Uh, definitely, of any, no right. There's no like close-ups on him or. You know his face or anything in the first episode because
0: at first it was like oh they've let one of the extras talk <laughs> and then it was like maybe the extra wasn't allowed to talk but he just started talking anyway let's just go with it <laughs>
1: but, thinking about it now I don't think he would have been in the pilot no because it, I'm remembering there's like a gap isn't there so I, I mean even the jerseys are different from the pilot to the yeah. second episode because now you know it's going to be a whole thing let's get high quality ones and whatever James Lafferty, by the way, um, who plays Nathan, he says that uh, he has that jersey from the pilot, like in his house, like framed or whatever. I don't know if it's framed. I made that up. I would have it framed. <laughs> but he said he has that jersey still, which I think is cool. But yeah, Jake, I think, is a really interesting character. We've spoken quite a bit about him, but his whole thing is saying to Lucas about the book at the shrugged and then saying, you know, remember, don't let them take it. Take what, Dom?
0: Talent.
1: Yes, talent. <laughs> of course. Which I think is really nice. It's a good point of it's not just about talent, it's about don't let people take like your identity from you or take your energy away from you or change how you feel by impacting you impacting you with their negative vibes.
0: It's like people had already started saying to Lucas from early on in the episode, just be yourself. Um, And then one thing stopped him from continuing that. So he didn't change as a character. But what I mean is is that exactly what he says, that energy was taken away from him. And it's Jake that's kind of the first one that says, don't worry about this lot. Just do what you do. Hmm. I know like Whitey says it as well. Uh, But Jake is kind of that first initial step of going, hey, it's cool. It's fine
1: he's the first one of his peers to sort of say it which I think makes a difference like yeah Whitey's saying it and we'll talk about Whitey when we get there but yeah that's important but you always would get that sense of yeah but you don't know what it's like you don't get it because you know you're looking at it from a different angle where you almost could get the sense that this could have happened to Jake also like not the whole he may or may not be my brother or whatever but in terms of being an outsider of the basketball team.
0: Yeah, his inclusion to the team is because he's a good basketballer, but he's not interested in that world. Or he, he's, he'll take bits of it, he'll take what will benefit him and what makes him comfortable, and then the rest he doesn't need. He doesn't need the, the popularity and the, the fanfare. He just wants to play basketball, wants to do well, might look good on a college application. And then we'll move on from there. I'm going to continue still reading books and being academic. But basketball is just like a, a a good release.
1: A hobby, yeah. Just, yeah. Okay, so what's your prediction for Jake?
0: Um, I think he's going to be a bit more integral to Lucas's story by being that first friend on the team. I don't know whether Lucas will introduce him to... River Court. The Rivercourt. The Rivercourt side of things. And by introduce, I mean, like, openly invite him. So yeah. obviously he's going to know the other people.
1: Like, merge the worlds. Yeah. It's like, uh,
0: I don't think he's going to bring that together yet. So, like, people like Skills and... Mouth. Mouth and the Junk. other two. Um, <laughs> just the other two will uh, kind of still be his close circle. And then in basketball terms and, and and being part of the team it will be Jake that he turns to and Jake might be the one that could potentially get him in with someone else that's kind of looked after him maybe as part of the team
1: okay nice excellent well what about Haley? So Haley again, remains kind of separate like last episode you were questioning whether she even goes to the same high school. <laughs> but again, she shares no scenes with anyone other than Karen. Lucas Karen and Keith. yeah okay okay, which is funny. it's like okay, okay, yeah, do you think they are intentionally distancing her in case they had to recast her again like <laughs> as in maybe they had no faith, which is crazy because she's a brilliant actress, um, but I'm just uh, joking, I'm sure it wasn't that.
0: I actually thought that watching it, knowing from what you said on the pilot episode and watching this episode, I was thinking she's just so far removed from from everything.
1: Well, even that scene in this episode when they're talking about uh, what's your porn star name, it's your first pet and the the street you grew up on. Or mother's maiden like name. Oh, is it Mother's maiden name? Yeah. Okay, and that scene is basically almost like a continuation of the pigeon scene in the pilot episode you know them walking somewhere and having a conversation that shows lucas being a little bit lighter than you know than he is in the rest of the episode
0: yeah and and she's obviously the character that brings that out in him and i i kind of if that's already happened in the pilot in this episode is that walk it important that's kind of the the downloading walk or offloading walk. So I, I need to go and see Haley, who's my best friend, and she needs to see me. And this is where she questions this, that, and the other. And then we just talk nonsense about anything and everything. But we, we, we as the walk goes on, we get to a point where we can just be a bit silly and we see that more fun side. Cause she's quite fun. She's very, and fun, very energetic. Yeah. Um, and he's not at all, <laughs> but she almost like tries to bring that out in him, and will ask those sort of silly questions and stuff like that. He's always the one that brings it back down to earth and sort of slams it back down.
1: Well, I have to ask you, Dom. So, based on that, pets' first, your first pet's name, and your mother's maiden name, what is your porn star name? <laughs> oh, is that... oh, no. <laughs> He's submerged himself into his hands. It's
0: like Captain Daly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh.
1: Captain (laughs) Daly. Wait, there's so many. There's like a. It's like a double entendre. It's like he oh, can okay. go daily. <laughs> He's the captain. I, I captain. Um, what? So what was pet. Might it
0: was a rabbit.
1: Okay, captain. They're called captain. Okay.
0: I didn't name it. It was just. It was, I think they actually had a rabbit called Major. <laughs> major. <laughs> Imagine it was major daily. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I don't know which one I was around for first. I, I, I assume captain, but. Captain Daily. One day I'll be promoted to major
1: <laughs> You can only hope Work what? your way through the ranks What was yours? Mine would have been Freddie Gamble Oh It's kind <laughs> of like a swing Oh my <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Just Freddie Gamble
0: It's like singing Fucking Michael Bublé songs man Just
1: <laughs> Well I thought I thought it had been It had to be the street you were you grew up on, which would have made mine Freddy Parsonage, which also sounds kind of similar, but that would have made You sound like a murderer. Well, yours would have sound more murderous, because then yours would have been Captain Cutmore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which is a great cartoon character.
1: Yeah, I like that. Alliteration. Okay, so they also have a good scene on the roof of Karen's Cafe where they have a putt-putt course. What did you think of the putt-putt?
0: She put that together in the first episode. Yeah. Um, and she's the only one that has a go.
1: Yeah.
0: She's the only one playing it. He doesn't even play it. You'd have thought he'd have gone, oh, go, on, go on then, I'll have a go. But he doesn't. Because he's so... He's so off, isn't he? He's just so off.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's, he can be a little bit... Drab. A bit of a wet blanket sometimes. Yeah. And I, and I was very heavy on saying that I identify as him in the first episode, in the first episode, and I do very much identify with him. But I hope I am not as drab as him. But there, there's one, there was a couple scenes I forgot to touch on. I guess we'll get to it when we get to Karen. But um, I have a lot to say about Karen. Okay, <laughs> right, I'm excited to hear. But even there were some scenes there that actually, the way that he cried, I actually, I was like, oh, I I cry like that. <laughs> that's not something you see every day my, <laughs> me and chad michael murray cry the same um, and some of the way that he's it's with his mum i sort of i i kind of have like that sort of thing with my mum as well um, yeah anyway sorry yes Haley, Papa. yeah that's kind of it for her isn't it
0: yeah we don't really see a lot from her in this episode again
1: she goes to the game with keith At the beginning as well, yeah. Oh, and she has that whole bit of, which we'll get to, to explain why Karen's not going to the game. And she's like, you know, this, slash this, slash this, slash my wrist. I don't want to hear the story again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's move on. Um, It's quite weird that she's in that position of being able to say that. They must be so comfortable with her and so comfortable with, like, Lucas's friend that she's really part of the family yeah. And she can pretty much get away with saying anything to this lot because they've probably known her since she was like three or something like that, you know. And she's grown up with them, she's grown up with Lucas, they've been friends forever. Um and they're just comfortable around each other.
1: So what do you think what so what is your prediction for Haley for the next couple of episodes?
0: I'm hoping she's a bit more involved. Um I think she'll still be that I need to download this information and maybe get kind of guidance. She's kind of like Jiminy Cricket. She's the conscience, isn't she, really? But she's like the fun side. Yeah. So she can be out at the fun bit, but, you know, she can go, oh, how's your amnesia? Like, oh, what do you mean? Oh, you didn't tell me about the fight. Tell me about it, you know. And she gets things out of him um, when he will be... Um, Oh, just leave me alone. I don't want to talk about it. But she can... Get that information out of him, so she's got kind of that hold over him, and not not a hold, but um, she has a way with. It. She has an ability to be able to make him um, talk, and
1: without feeling like judged. Yeah,
0: it, it's a it's a safe environment with Haley. Um, I'm hoping she's a, a bit more involved, but I can kind of see, I can kind, of, I'm kind of seeing, foreseeing a Peyton Haley. Row, at some point, mm. and maybe the 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 Lucas seeing Peyton's vulnerability and it being cocked up for whatever reason, and it all kicking off, Haley has to step in, and kind of save Lucas from it and go, hey, he's only he's only ever tried to help you, you're the one that's been difficult here, and she probably mends something that she doesn't really want to mend, because. She's in love with Lucas. Right. And has been since they were seven. <laughs> nice. Or something like that, yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> okay. I like that. Very good, very good. Okay, what about Brooke? So this was Brooke's introduction. So Brooke, played by Sophia Bush. Uh she's very famous. Arguably one of the most famous, like now, um of all of the cast. Well, I think Chad Michael Murray must be the most famous but after him i'd say arguably sophia bush very famous but you can't google and you can't check out anything out until this is all done um but yeah what did you think of her introduction so she was introduced at i'm
0: trying to work out what she's from other than one tree hill oh do
1: you know her from things yeah yeah she, i
0: instantly recognized her but couldn't put place it but obviously do not want to look her up in case i
1: the only other thing I sort of know her from is she's in that film John Tucker Must Die oh
0: right
1: Um, she's just sort of playing like a high schooler and that's that's it that's all I know her from
0: I recognised her anyway
1: yeah I think she's she's been in things if you went down her IMDB oh she's in have you ever seen a show called Chicago PD no She's been in a few like cop shows and things since One Tree Hill. She's got a very successful career, very successful. She has like podcasts and loads of things. She's very political um, in like a good way, (laughs) you know, and uh, speaks out for uh, like the LGBTQ plus community and, uh, you know, think things very inclusive and yeah it's just sort of known as being a, a really a great activist and a philanthropist and a, and a good person so she's kind of and she has a massive fan following from this uh not to, again no spoilers uh she's a very popular character but so yes her introduction she's cheerleading with Peyton, and then it's like oh is that the boy that brought down that beat nathan or something like that And that's kind of her introduction. I can also say that is not a spoiler. She was written in. The reason she's not in the pilot is that character didn't exist originally. She was written in to be comic relief.
0: Okay. Which kind of works. Uh, And she is the kind of opposite, say, that juxtaposition of Peyton your Favorite word, my favorite word, I got it in there. This, yes, week. <laughs> as long as it's in there, it doesn't matter. Exactly, exactly. Um, she's she is lighter, she is funnier, um, and she's it almost feels like the Haley of Peyton's world.
1: Nice, yeah, I like that.
0: Um, so she can be the one that Peyton offloads to, but they're from kind of different backgrounds because she says. It's a shame that Lucas is, is poor and off the team.
1: Oh yeah, something yeah, something something alluding to the fact that he's not playing very well. Yeah, and uh, that he's poor. Yeah. Because apart from that, you know, he's very good looking. He's basically. hot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: and that's a damn shame. And Peyton has a reaction to that, which is, you're very vain, um, and he's mine. That's what I read. Okay. That's what I saw.
1: Well, she has this whole monologue basically saying, you know, if I'm lucky, you know, I'll get into college, I'll get into a sorority, a sorority, a sorority, sorority, sorority. Sorority. I have this every episode (laughs) and you know, I'll marry a rich guy and that's all good. As long as I don't get fat. Yeah. That's,
0: that's what's important. I need to stay trim
1: right so her <laughs> morals are uh, you know non-existent right <laughs>
0: um money makes the world go round
1: right yeah so it kind of shows her as being i mean we can call it like you know shallow i mean that's not to say that things don't change maybe they do maybe they don't maybe she continues in this way i i don't know so cryptic i'm gonna yeah so <laughs> i mean what I mean, that, and that's kind of it. That's kind of her function as sort of a bit of relief here. And someone for Peyton to talk to. What did you make of her introduction? And, and where do you think she will go as a character?
0: She sort of came out of nowhere. Um, because, like you said, she wasn't... She didn't exist and then was written in um, to be whatever she becomes. I think, at the moment, she's just balance... Isn't she? Everyone has a, 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 there's a... There's a yin and a yang to everything. And she's that balance. She kind of restores order to the force. Let you say. Yeah. By Peyton being so bloody miserable. So miserable. So miserable. Wow. It's wow. really hard to deal with.
1: I'm just... <laughs>
0: <laughs> that...
1: I I find that so funny, we're talking about her like she's part of our lives, it's like, oh, I don't want to go to work on Monday, I've got the same shift as Peyton, so hard and difficult to deal with, but do you know what's funny is, and again, I hope that this isn't a spoiler, um, listeners, if I am overstepping the spoiler mark, then please let us know uh, on Instagram or, you know, whatever, but I'm trying to just do things to keep keep it contextually, you know, kind of on point. But, you know, that some fans of the show referred to her or still do refer to her as not as Peyton, but as Satan. <laughs> <laughs> She's like a real sort of um, polarizing character that people either love, like she is... The reason that people watch the show or people really have a bit of a distaste for her. There doesn't really seem to be much in the middle. She's Marmite. Yeah, she's Marmite. Yeah. Um, If you don't know American listeners or international listeners that don't know, Marmite is a salty yeast spread (laughs) that we put on toast and sandwiches. That its catchphrase or slogan is you either love it or hate it because people either... Love it or hate it. Where you like it, don't you?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm kind of middle of the road. You... I'm the weirdo.
1: <laughs> You're the anomaly. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it's...
0: I'm, I'm the one in fifty thousand or whatever it is. I, I, if it's, if it's the only option, I'll have it. I wouldn't necessarily choose, choose it though. It. But, I'm quite, just... but I'm quite, i happy to have it.
1: It's Vanilla to you. It's there, man. It's... Okay, so. <sighs> the same question then on to Peyton is to you is she Peyton or Satan or is at the she moment, in the middle at
0: the moment she's Peyton because she's got that sarcastic side but the the, the misery is very obvious it's very clear and it's just like oh just crack a smile just 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 one little just little edge those cheeks up a little bit and smile
1: but you're not sure if she has teeth at this point
0: but she has got an asshole of a boyfriend <laughs>
1: I thought to you were going to say, I was going to say, <laughs> has she got tea? Well, she has got an arsehole. I was like, well, I think we all do, Tom. I mean, I think, I think that's just how that works, you know? The food goes, the marmite goes in, it has to come out somewhere.
0: Anatomy. <laughs> <Not> <me. laughs> oh, God.
1: <laughs> All right, so you you don't mind her at the moment. At the is moment... it is it that you don't mind her because sorry, I did not mean to cut you off? But is it that you don't mind her because you see Nathan being the, the, the cause, you know, of of the misery? If, if there was no cause and she's being like this, then you're just you're just being miserable.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she at the moment she has a reason to be miserable, in that. Um, Everything she does with Nathan is put down. Her music is put down, her image is put down, her art is put down. It just feels like he insults and has an issue with everything she does. And, um, like we discussed when we discussed him earlier. Um, so she's never going to feel good about anything she does. And that needs to be a point of change somewhere. Um... But it is nice to have. So let's go back to Brooke, <laughs> because that that she's the, the complete opposite. She no one's going to put her down because she just doesn't care. It's that sort of thing; it just washes over her. She's not fussed, um, and she is the direct opposite. And in terms of characters, this you know those opposites attract, don't they? So you've got Peyton and Brooke, who are very different. Have you got the new Beyonce um, album? No, I'm not going to get that. And she's like, "Oh, stop being so um, Gwen." She said, yeah, "Gwen Stefani, stop Stefani. Being so Gwen Stefani and with your little skirt or whatever." And oh, so, because she, even she's saying, oh, "It's just a bit boring, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Just crack a smile, have an asshole. <laughs> 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 oh. oh dear. <laughs>
1: That's why she's unhappy. She doesn't have one currently. And there's nothing
0: coming out. Um, <laughs> I push and I push and I get nothing. I'm clogged up. It's <laughs> all so that Marmite. Sorry. Um, back to reality. And they very much reflect Lucas and Haley. in at the moment well that's how I see it again as well I know it's only episode 2 but Haley is the lighter oh god get get out get out of your this boring misery mm. and have a bit of fun so here's a silly idea what's your porn star name it, she has to distract she's like the distractor mm. in a way distractor fan yeah <laughs> nice she um, she'll make him think of something else to take his mind off it And then we'll kind of ease back into things.
1: Well, because we all get into this pattern of... And especially if you spend a lot of time on your own, which a lot of people, we're all doing at the moment, you know, in COVID, etc. Working from home or whatever. Is you ruminate on things. And then you, like, just obsess, obsess, obsess. And you end up getting so down about it. But sometimes just having a conversation with someone about something completely irrelevant just makes you realise, oh yeah, that thing I was thinking about is actually nothing. It's minor. I'm just overthinking it, you know. And she's sort of that release for him of just let's talk about anything else and get over yourself a bit really.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nice.
1: Definitely. Okay. So did you say your prediction for Brit? I can't
0: remember. Uh no, not really. I I, I don't really have one yet. Maybe if she's more involved in the next episode because okay. yeah. this is this is our first introduction so hopefully hopefully we get more from her in the next episode and she's a bit more willing to interact with others but like I was saying about Hayley being the the conscience she's that part of Peyton that Peyton doesn't have mm. and much to the same degree that Hayley is the part of Lucas that Lucas doesn't have mm. they play that vital part they play that mm. vital part that they can't bring out in themselves because they're not comfortable to and they don't think they can you know Peyton wants to like Beyonce and probably does like Beyonce but would never buy the album Mm. because it's it's too mainstream like you were saying earlier and it's too consumerism and she she doesn't want to be part of that world she likes being part of her uh, I'll I'll bracket it you know which I don't like doing but she's part of that emo dark Alternative. alternative moody Kind of not saying that all of you guys are moody and stuff like that, but that that kind of role, yeah, and she needs Brooke there because Brooke is, is the side of her that she can't be yet.
1: Mm, nice, yeah. yeah, well put, and it's a shame because everyone likes Beyonce, so she's missing out, but absolutely, <laughs> uh, okay, so last ones of the the teens shall we say are the river court guys so we don't really get much of the river court we get a tiny bit at the beginning that we already talked about but then we do get mouth and his friend which did you get his names? I don't think they said it so if they didn't say it I don't want to say it don't want to give you information ahead of time I'm pretty sure they didn't say his name but mouth and his friend the commentators and that's the clip that we play at the beginning of the episode and they've got a website ravenshoops.com which unfortunately is a domain that's actually taken but guess what dom and i have a website now which is ravenshoops.net why is it dot net dom
0: because the basketball net
1: that's right (laughs) ravenshoops.net so go to ravenshoops.net and you will find our patreon page which we will talk about a little bit later but what do you think of that? I mean, we basically get that and then we see them in the stands commentating into a microphone, which they're going to put on the internet, which is dope. So alternative commentary, which you kind of predicted that they were going to, you know, have a bigger part and, and basically do this on a bigger level. So how did you feel about that?
0: It actually made me think of a film that we've covered on the Mighty 90s um, podcast with Celtic Pride, because there's the two guys that do commentary uh, and they're they're both a bit silly and I kind of see this from, from this too they, they'll, they'll kind of throw in some serious bits of the game and actually probably commentate the game quite well and know um, the right terminology and, and how the game's played and what the rules are uh, and what should happen and what shouldn't happen and who should have done what and why um, but they'll throw in their own sort of style and when they get told that they're media when um, Whitey says... No media allowed. <laughs> on yeah, that's what he says, isn't it? And kind of kicks them out because it's a closed changing room. Uh, they're like, oh, we're media, and we're banned media, <laughs> and they're like really excited by it. And that's definitely something for them to work on and build on. And going, you know, we're you know now the official um, commentators and casters, as you say, of of um, of any the Ravens. Any Ravens game, I was gonna say Tree Hill High game, but I mean the Ravens because they don't care about football. Who cares about football? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have any Ravens game.
1: Nice, no, um, but I,
0: mean, I just kind of see them doing that at the moment. That's that that will build their their website. We will. We might see an image of the website in the next one. We'll see. Not mouth. The other geezer putting some content onto it because he was the one that had the t-shirt on, so he's the one that is clearly in control here. Okay. Of the domain. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, it will be mouth that's going. Well, oh, we need this, we need this, we need that, and he'll be like the yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, done it. Yeah, done, boss. Okay. Um, that's what I see, and they'll have more stuff coming out of it. It's like, oh, look, we've had like 15 followers,
1: kind of like we do every week. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we've had an extra person listen. They're basically us they're the us of this universe Um, okay cool all right well that's the teens we have four adults so let's start with Dan but firstly Dom were you surprised that there is this theme in the show in terms of that you've got the teens and it's all of their drama and angst and whatever, but you also have run in parallel the, the adults and, and their drama and it's almost as much about one as it is about the other, as much as they also intertwine. But were you expecting there to be this aspect in the show that you've got the adult storylines?
0: Not so much involvement and not so much detail. Because you get um you, you get the adult storyline sometimes from this sort of show but it's not as prominent. Um, but in this, it really is, and it, but it impacts on the on the teenagers uh, massively. So obviously, it's going like parents will impact on their kids, won't they? But what you tend to see in shows like this is um, the adults have had their issues, and that's it. This is kind of oh, I remember when I was school with them; they were like that. That's probably why their daughters like that, and so you know, and their sons like that for because their mother's always been like that. Um, but it never really becomes a thing. It doesn't continue. It then goes back to being the, the teenage story. Um, and in this series, it's it's literally 50-50 at the moment. It's... Um, I may or may not have got Karen pregnant, <laughs> but chose basketball college and left her to it. And... I've got this other son with my now wife who we haven't met yet, if we ever meet at all, and <laughs> Simon's shrugging. <laughs> uh, and I will just push and push and push and push until my son achieves what I didn't. But having that parent, adult, grown-up side of things is, is you know, quite different. Normally, Viva you've either got like a, an adult soap or a drama, and then a teen one, it doesn't often intertwine, but this is really like mixed, mm. which is good. It kind of makes it a bit more available for other generations, doesn't it?
1: Completely. And then for people like me that rewatch it, you can, as you get older, you're relating to different characters. So now could be relating more to, you know, the, the older characters and the younger characters and so on and so forth. Let's talk about Dan. So we've talked about him, you know, quite a bit already. So I think the main points that we haven't touched on is his jog with Nathan and his... I wouldn't say confession, but maybe confession, his...
0: Explanation.
1: Exactly, yeah, for why they lost the state championship, which was...
0: I just want to ask one thing. There's a lot of... So in Whitey's office, and then on on the wall in the corridor before you go into the changing rooms of... um, of the basketball
1: team, his name is on the wall. Dan's name. Yeah, yeah.
0: Dan It's like a calendar. Does he have his own calendar? Oh no, yeah.
1: that's Dan Scott Motors. Oh, it's his like com- motor company. Yeah, his motor company. They sponsor. Yeah. Uh, they must sponsor something. All right, something, okay. Because yeah. uh, it
0: looked like a calendar at the bottom. Was it? Is it a calendar? It's a calendar. Yeah. All right, okay. Because I'm thinking, well. has he got his own calendar? Is it? Is it a school one that they do, and it's like a nostalgic thing, and like whatever month we're in is his month. I couldn't work it out.
1: I think, but I think if it's a
0: motor company one, then fair enough. I hadn't really. I would just seen Dan Scott. I didn't see motors or anything like that. I just...
1: There's, I think, there's further explanations to that as we go on in in subsequent episodes. So I won't.
0: Oh, you think or you know?
1: I uh, <laughs> I won't say, but I'll just say that yeah, that's from the motor company. But there's a lot of stuff with Dan Scott over it in terms of you know scoring title and scoring record and this that and the other. But they know he never won a state championship, and Whitey has never won a state championship. But they got to the final, and Dan gives the explanation that he, uh, the scouts were there watching him, and they had a lead in the game. And Whitey said, to, "You know, it's a You know, to get the win." But what I've always told you about playing with a lead, you have to play aggressive. Yes, and. Which, again, just sort of goes to show that's kind of Dan's character, isn't it? And he, Whitey said, don't score on this guy or whatever, and Dan did. So he, he sat down, didn't he? He, he like, told yeah.
0: He, got, he chose to bench himself.
1: Yeah, he benched himself to show Whitey that he was the one that got the team to the state championship. That it was his team, it wasn't Whitey's team. And to teach Whitey a lesson. Oh, I felt bad for the other guys, but you know, Whitey had to learn. Which, I mean, well, I'm not going to give my judgment. What is your judgment of that?
0: Um, uh, I find it hard to believe, but also think maybe it is true. I'm not. I'm not sure.
1: Oh, you think he might be lying to uh, cover up? Yeah, after a the loss. first
0: episode, when Whitey says to. Nathan, you'll sit on the bench swapping for this person and blah blah blah, and they have that interaction and he's like, "Well, I'm the coach of this team, don't you forget that?" And he's like, "Yeah, we'll see how long that lasts or whatever yeah, you have to tell yourself or something. yeah um i I think it's that exact moment between him and Dan years ago. So Dan had this moment of you let you you tell yourself that but we all know we're winning we're winning this because I'm in the team and he's gone. Well fine. Let's I don't care. Sit down then. Let's not win. It's about team play, whether we win or lose. And if we lose as a team, then we've lost as a team. But if we win just with you playing, and you thinking you're the star, then it's then it's a hollow victory. And I'm not interested. I'd rather not win. And I kinda think it might go that way. it's mm. <laughs> what I'm kinda hoping for. And I kinda hope someone like you need the, the adult version of Jake to right. so come in and go hey do you remember this happened because uh, it kind of went this way or it could you know this is this is kind of what really happened
1: like a barometer for truth yeah
0: and uh, that's a great way of describing it because I think Nathan lies th- th- as well he lies about winning the fight to his mate and it's all about bravado and saving face and Dan is never going to want to be honest about being benched and missing out on his opportunity because in the first episode he was blaming Whitey so much and was so angry at him for for whatever he'd done. And Keith alludes to it as well and says, oh, are you blaming him for uh, Dan's career or Nathan's you know, career or chances? And it kind of makes me think that it's all just bravado. And actually, I chose to sit down and we lost that game because I wasn't playing. Actually, no, you lost that game because you weren't playing, but it was Whitey's choice. Mm-hmm. And Whitey had enough of you and wanted to teach you a lesson. And that lesson is... Try and be humble is a lesson in humility, but he didn't learn it or he didn't take it on. He still continues to be that douchebag, I suppose you know, is a phrase that you like to use about these people. Uh, I go for harsh words, unfortunately, I probably should stop. but uh, He's that sort of douchebag that um, won't learn and always thinks he's right and has to win. Uh, winning isn't a bad thing, but you can win. Gracefully. gracefully or you can win and like rub it in people's faces and, and think you're the best person in, you know in the world at it and that's what if you look at world athletes if you look at Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo you almost sort of sway towards uh, Lionel Messi being the more graceful winner because he doesn't shout about it in your face and go crazy and go look at me look at all my achievements look how great I am but Cristiano Ronaldo as the more businessman kind of sportsman does. throws it in your face and go, look at all my amazing achievements. Aren't I, aren't I brilliant? Aren't I great? Uh, I, I'm not taking anything away from them. They're both fantastic footballers, you know, soccer players, as, uh, you, you know, in the world, the best. And there's, there's no way, two ways about it. I know we're talking about basketball, but uh, they were my easiest uh, <laughs> examples. examples of uh, where to go with that. But Dan is, is someone that can never be humble about anything or, or take any sort of criticism or believe that he's ever in the wrong. And I've kind of got this feeling that he's lying to Nathan to make himself seem like he was the bigger man mm. at the
1: time. Again, hiding insecurities potentially. Yeah. Okay. Nice.
0: That's about it from Dan, though, other than, than that. He's just back to being pushy parent.
1: And your prediction for Dan? Just
0: continue to be overbearing and really annoying. That The the end scene where Lucas is taking the name off the back, that hit him hard. So I'm hoping that plays a bit in the next episode. And if the game continues, I hope it sort of affects him a bit more. And he's not really sure how to feel about it. Because so it definitely had an impact. So hopefully it sort of plays a weird part. in in the next episode for him and he's a bit strange to it
1: nice okay well let's move on to dan's brother keith (laughs) what did you make of keith in this episode i mean he kind of was he was at the opening game he gave karen some keith wants to see the d keith wants that d what d he wants the d D. He wants to see the D.
0: What D He says it. Keith says it. <laughs> <laughs> Keith was that do. Yes. <laughs> Where's the do? Show me the do. <laughs> he means You're defense. keeping all this in. I know what he, he means fucking means. <laughs> I know what he means. I was like, oh. <laughs> He wants to see the do. <laughs> show me the do. And you sit next to him like, yeah. Show me the do. <laughs> oh god!
1: Oh god! <coughs> Isn't it funny how we can go from such sincere, you know, talks of insecurities and all these <laughs> character developments to show me the do. <laughs>
0: That's what podcasting is all about, right?
1: Amen. <laughs> Amen. Okay, but right, so he's there at the beginning, supportive. Dan says, oh, you finally came to see your uh, your nephew play, huh? And he's like, you could say that. Because he's the dad? or because both <laughs> of them are his nephew, as far as the audience knows. I know differently.
0: I think I do. <laughs> uh, he, he says, you could say that. Because he's obviously. Dan's obviously refer- referring to Nathan. Keith's obviously referring to Lucas. And they're both his nephew. Or are they? <laughs> I'm, I'm totally convinced Keith's dad. But
1: well that. I, but then, you know, if that happened, then obviously Nathan and Lucas aren't brothers, they're cousins. But they don't know that.
0: They don't know that. Keith is the only one that knows. Obviously, Karen. Dawes.
1: Okay, I right. we'll see, we'll find Keith out.
0: Showed <laughs> her the D. <laughs> 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 oh <my> god!
1: Uh. <laughs> so wait, 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 we can wrap up Keith real quick. Because, right, so Keith's in that bit. He gives Karen some shit. Because, gives her a hard time, doesn't he? Because she's not going to to go to the games. Well, I guess let's talk about that when. I want or... to get to
0: Karen in a minute, though. Okay. I've got stuff to say about Karen. Okay. He's... It's not it's not anything major, but it's. I'll tell you when we get there.
1: Okay, he's got the serious look. Okay. <laughs> Whether, well, yeah. So Keith gives us some some stick about it. If, if for Lucas, he's not doing it for himself. This is an unselfish motive. He's saying he wants it. He wants Lucas to feel supported there. I think. And
0: um, uh, he wants Karen to go and because it, it's the right thing to do and he says that to her and makes it clear to her um and then that's when Haley has to sort of step in and go blah 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 come on let's just get on with it um because it's boring and she's not coming she's already made a decision and he really wants that support because it this was his idea this was all on him so mm. he needs it to work out because he needs you know his son to be popular and win games and win championships and go to a great college I uh,
1: <laughs> I didn't think of it from that point actually because it's actually the success of this it, it does all boil back down to him doesn't yeah. it that he he was the impetus of making it happen interesting hmm.
0: so like one day when uh, Lucas is in the same position as Michael Jordan right he's going to be the one that's remembered because oh uncle slash possible dad Keith is the one that pushed me into playing for the team and he's the one that got me scouted by the coach and so on and so on and so on
1: yeah okay nice so then Keith his other function is what we've already said sort of talking to Lucas at the at the auto body shop and that's it really in this episode he's
0: just that encouragement isn't he but he's kind of quiet encouragement in this episode he's a bit of a he's a bit moody with Karen and it's just a bit like oh okay but That's just him wanting Lucas to succeed Mm -hmm. and Karen to be there to witness it. So I think had Karen been there in the first game, Lucas might have played better and felt more comfortable. But you don't know, because she wasn't.
1: What's your prediction for Keith?
0: I don't know. He kind of needs to have that fallout moment with Karen, doesn't he? He needs to have that tense moment where... She maybe goes, he's not your son. There needs to be that moment of, he's not your son. So why are you getting so yeah, any... back off? Why are you getting right. so involved? He's my kid. I'll deal with it how I want to. Um, and he'll be like, we both know he is my son. So why are you fucking lying, Karen? Why are you lying, Karen? It'll disappear for a little bit. Maybe he won't be seen until the end of the episode. Again, he'll turn up to see Karen in the cafe. She's closing up. And be like, hey, look, I'm sorry about earlier. And sh- she'll be exactly the same. Because what I would like to say about Karen, we're going to get to in a minute. It's very important to me that I say it. I've, I've been waiting this entire episode. She's the last name that we have written down. And I've waited the entire episode to discuss her. Because I, I think it's what I have to say is very important.
1: Okay, okay. That's, but okay. only
0: only because it's about her. It's, it's not about anything, that, like, anything or anyone else. And you'll probably think, well, that wasn't important at all. But to me... I have to I have to verbalise it. I have to, I have to get it out there. I want the One Tree Hill community to know my feelings on Karen okay. in the second episode.
1: Okay. Okay, well, let's wrap up Whitey then, so then we can get to our finale with Karen. So, Whitey, we've discussed all of his points, really, though he has a couple moments of some outstanding advice, which was not said to him first, you know, like you said in the last episode, and then him telling it back. He says to Lucas before... Is it before the first game? I think it's before the very first game. He says, just remember, destiny has a way of finding you. Like that. Nice. And then he comes and finds Lucas on the river court and has a good um, sort of inspiring pick-me-up kind of talk with him and says, you know, we all have fear... What you need to do is identify it, put a face on it, because then you can beat it. Better yet, you can use it.
0: Yeah, use that as your motivation, your, you know, your driving force to win and, and be you, yourself and yeah. um, be the player and as good as you know you can be and we know you can be. I really like the bit where he, after the fight, where he said, every time I stand up, it's like I'm being kicked in the ass for putting you on this bloody team. Like, tell me why the hell I should keep you on the team, and stuff like that. He really wants him to play. He knows how good he is. He's he's watched him play. So he knows he's very capable. He's just got to ease those nerves out of him. And he knows the family history. He seems to have a deeper knowledge of the family history than anyone else, like, that isn't immediate family. So maybe he was heavily involved when it all happened because he was trying to get a championship, with Dan, trying to get Dan into colleges and scholarships and stuff like that and he could have been heavily involved in that and then it would have been him that was told by Karen or whatever about the pregnancy, um, about Lucas, you know, coming along and doesn't know what to do about it and where to go from there Uh, or they don't know what to do about it where to go from there and he's kind of that he is that wise and that, that folksy kind of wisdom that he has and will just say what they need to hear. He's kind of that kind of guy, isn't he? Um, again, it didn't have a massive part to play, I didn't think. He's gone from being track suited to
1: suited for the games. For yeah. the games.
0: So he's a bit more, but even in his office and stuff like that, and in the, the first time you see him, he's in a shirt and tie. So I know that's because they're going to a game, but um, he's a lot. Better presented this whole episode, so I didn't know whether that was a thing. Um, but he's, I think his character will remain consistent.
1: He has some good stuff, like with Jake, when he's like, Jagelski, when you find the pumps to match your skirt or something, me that why don't you meet us in the court or something like that? Like, he kind of knows that he is kind of funny as well, I think. Like, he's got a good relationship of being like the stern coach but also you know he knows what part he's playing you know
0: he hasn't got that new age coach nurturing kind of style yeah you know like i say these days you can't treat players how you used to you can't talk to them kind of like whitey does because they kick up a fuss and have a hissy fit and they won't play and they get all sad and upset Um, he's kind of that old school he's like the last of the old school coaches isn't he where he will just walk in and go stop being a bunch of sissy girls you know get ready and let's get out there and play whereas there's probably a lot of girls that are a lot better at playing than they are (laughs) (laughs) at playing basketball so he's not quite up to date with the language he should be using as a coach in a high school Um, but he doesn't care (laughs) he'll just crack on and get on with it is his office different for the pilot? I'm sure in the pilot it was like a cube that was tiny. Yeah. Um and then this one's a bit more fancy.
1: I didn't know this, but it probably is. It would make sense if, you know, they probably built it on like a sound stage now and Yeah. You know, whatever.
0: But I like I do like Whitey. He's a good character. I just there's that whole he he's in the know somewhere. He knows about Dan. He knows what's going on. And he's obviously got a very good relationship with Keith. So he's kind of the sort of person that can see everyone else's cards and he knows what's on them that's what I think of him
1: and your prediction
0: he'll just he might acknowledge his power isn't it and I think he's got some sort of hold over them somewhere because and he's but he's not phased by Dan in any way people are sort of put off by Dan so Karen physically recoils when Dan is near Keith isn't is a bit quieter, a bit more introverted Nathan is obviously controlled by Dan and tries to bite back a bit but is ultimately always pushed down Um, and Lucas is just completely like mind blown by Dan isn't he, in in this episode and it takes a lot for him to get over it I mean he completely fumbles the whole basketball game can't play even on his own for the rest of it Um, ...for the rest of the episodes, and it's until the end where he has that... ...clarity moment that he can continue to play. And and Whitey kind of...
1: Like I say, he doesn't hold
0: all the cards, but he can see everyone's cards. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, and then last but not least... ...finally, Karen.
0: Karen! (laughs) We're on to Karen! What I want to say about Karen is I would love to have a row with Karen... I would love to argue with her because you would always win. It doesn't matter when, but she will always come in and go, no, I was wrong, I'm sorry. She always backs down. Karen, (laughs) grow a pair. Tell Lucas he's a little shit and stick with it. Do you know what I mean? Literally, every time we've had an interaction with Karen, it's been a, you can't play basketball, don't wear the shirt, I don't like it, and she runs away and she comes back and goes, I'm really sorry I was in the wrong. But that happened like four times in this episode. Mm-hmm. It happened right at the beginning. I'm not going to the game. I don't want to go. I've had a lot of bad times in that hall or that that
1: yeah, hall, court
0: or yeah, whatever. Hall, hall. Yeah. I'm not going. Keith's like, well, I think you should go. Goes, comes back at the end of the game. Yeah, I should have gone. Oh, should you, Karen? <laughs> should you have you supported your son? You made a decision and you didn't go. Stick to it. Just lie. Do you know what? I'm glad I didn't go. Because in the next game, when I do go, he's going to be a stronger player. He's going to play better because I'll be there. He had to learn it now. But every time I have a row, every time, when, like, Lucas bites back at her and says, um, whatever, when they have that little cry moment and they will get a bit, like, hissy-fitty with each other, the next day he's like, oh, I had a dream that I was, like, a bit of a douchebag to my mum and I'm really sorry. And she's like, no, I'm sorry. And she just immediately backs down, like, yes, be sorry. Be sorry that you were a little turd. Oh my god. And jinx, don't punch me. I raised you on my own. Your so-called father provided us with nothing. Do not punch me. Oh, I felt good.
1: Wow! Wow! I feel like Karen. I feel like I need to apologise to you for some for no reason. I don't know. Okay. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up Karen. That kind of does wrap it up. I mean, so what? What's your predictions for Karen?
0: Oh, she'll probably like be a bit of a melt in the next one. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) I don't know. She'll probably have a row and then immediately apologise. So, I've nothing to say about Karen other than she needs to stop that. Okay. No, I think Life I think. Life advice. Like like I said with Keith, I think she'll have a blowout with Keith at some point. Um, they'll have a bit of a row. But it will be him coming back with a tail between his legs, going "I'm really sorry," and her going "No, it was my fault."
1: That will annoy me. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you're predicting that she might annoy you again in the future.
0: Yeah, she needs to just go and shout down for a bit again, doesn't she? Like she did when she went into the garage. Um, not the garage the dealership on, yeah. on the first episode she's just going to have a shout at him because she's he's probably the one person that she would never apologise to mm. but she apologises to everyone else mm. at every point
1: But you, do you think this is a deliberate character choice that they've made that they've written in for her to be like this that apologetic and whatever what do you think is no <laughs> what do you think
0: I don't know I'm not sure. Maybe, possibly, but I think she's just too. She's just too much of a doormat, isn't she? She needs to, like, she needs a bit of fire. Okay. But I, I can see what you said when you told me about the pregnancy.
1: With the block. Oh,
0: of the actual car- the act- actress um, of the actor. Yeah. Um, because she's holding laundry and laundry baskets, and it's always from like.
1: Chest, sat, chest up. Yeah, she's sat on the porch... Swing. Sh- sh- <laughs> she's sat on the porch swing. And uh, yeah, well, that sort of stuff. Yeah.
0: But uh, I just, I'd, I'd like to see a bit more from her, I think. <laughs>
1: okay, well...
0: It's like employee evaluations. <laughs> I think, you know, there's a lot more to come from Karen. Uh, definitely.
1: Well, on that note, so that is our character journeys. Let's take a quick break and we will tell you about our new Patreon page and new ways that you can connect with us on the podcast. You just became a raven. Hello and welcome to the Mighty 90s Podcast Network.
0: Our network is made up of
1: two podcasts. The Mighty 90s Movie and TV Podcast, a look back at 90s movies we grew up with. And The Ravens, a
0: One Tree Hill podcast covering each individual episode of the show.
1: All of our podcast episodes are free on all podcast platforms. But if you'd like to support us on our podcast journey, then we have free Patreon tiers with bonus content and ways to connect with us that we'd love to share with you.
0: All of our Patreon tiers include all of our podcasts.
1: The first tier, Junior Varsity.
0: You receive one week early access on all of our podcast episodes, a patron shout out on the podcast, access to our monthly One Tree Hill bonus episode, exclusive access to non 90s movies that we will cover and a 90s movie title of your choice on the wheel
1: your movie title choice will be put on this wheel and at the end of each mighty 90s episode we will spin the wheel and that will decide what movie we will cover next the second tier varsity
0: all of the perks from junior varsity and you get to add a non-90s movie from any year to the wheel. And the final tier, Hall of Fame. If there is anyone out there that loves our work this much, that we want to speak with you. So you get all of the previous perks, and we will invite you to co-host an episode of the podcast with us.
1: We appreciate any level of support from an Instagram follow to any of our Patreon tiers.
0: We love doing this, and we appreciate you all. Be gentle
1: with us. And wear gloves. Seth Cohen. Brooke Davis. Blair Waldorf. Sound familiar? It Takes Three Network houses shows surrounding your favorite nostalgic teen dramas. Whether you're watching for the first time or you're binging for the fifth time, you'll definitely want to check us out. You can listen to Tree Hill Talk, Let's Talk OC, and Three Gossip
0: Girls on your preferred listening platform. And for more information, visit Three takess3network.com.
1: So, Dom... It is time for our judgments. So, who would you say your favourite performer was of the episode? Like, as in actor, best performance.
0: I'm going to say Nathan.
1: To James Lafferty. For this
0: one, yeah. So, James Lafferty and that moment on the bed with Peyton and doing the nails and just that moment of not being um, the difficult kind of horrible teenager that he is and he's actually like opened up a bit um, and just the acting in, in that that moment was really good um, I said Chad Michael Murray last week um, but he was very good in the when he got emotional in the crying scene about his dad and, and, and not wanting to see his face anymore like which is the reason why he gave up basketball like competitive basketball um that was a good bit and I think we kind of saw that from him in the previous episode so seeing that from Nathan this episode I kind of thought that James Lafferty had done a really good job of that and had shown um he's got a bit more range than just playing that
1: bully jock kid i okay, with him. What about you? Anyone Very. in particular that stood
0: out for you in this episode?
1: Very well put. Well, <laughs> we actually double up, my friend, because I also was going to choose James Lafferty okay. um, for the same reasons, and I think we saw more of his uh, insecurities and vulnerabilities and the character developed a lot more, and I think he played the range of emotions really well. I also thought Chad Michael Murray did a great job as well in those scenes, but I would choose James Lafferty... Um, who was your favourite character of the episode?
0: It, it's hard to pick a favourite character because they all, they all kind of have a different... They all do it so differently. They all play their part so well, so far. Um, and they're all very different, even though there's, it's all interweaves. and Who's yours? Let's see if I can get any inspiration from who yours is.
1: Mine would have to be Lucas, because I feel like he went through he had a complete mini character arc in in the episode and he got there in the end and it kind of ended on that like triumphant moment of he'd taken his name off the jersey and he'd overcome the fact that I am going to perform I am going to be part of this team and I'm going to do it with all of you watching and it doesn't matter because I'm just going to be myself so I felt like he was just a really strong character in this episode.
0: I, I quite liked Jake, actually, on Reflection. Mm, thought, good choice. I think Jake as a character is, is a good one, because he's very similar to Lucas, but is a maybe a bit braver, uh, and will hopefully bring out that fight in Lucas, but also the level-headedness as well. Um, yeah, I, I like Jake as a character from this episode.
1: That's a good choice. What about your favourite background performer? If you need a second, I can tell you mine. Okay. <laughs> when they're in the locker room and they're doing the uh da 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 wa, da wa, wa wa There's the got one guy at the back and he really looks uncomfortable with the singing and oh, he's like, Yeah, the
0: sort of tallish light-haired guy. Yeah. And he just doesn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, he's just absolutely non committal at all to this whole moment. This is why I was like, they had no energy. Yeah. I think it was because of him. He just I picked up on that as well. They're absolutely not interested in the slightest in, in doing that silly little song. Yeah.
1: Um
0: maybe that's because maybe that was a directorial decision because um six players were suspended, weren't they? Mm-hmm. And were they not kicked off the team? Yeah. So he might be a replacement
1: player. They're also new. Yeah, he doesn't even know the words. It's his, his first He's game like, too.
0: What are these guys doing? I don't understand. Say
1: Ravens, Ravens, Ravens,
0: just be out of tune, but Ravens. Uh, yeah, I liked him. That, that was a good one. That's a good choice.
1: Is he was, your choice, or you got someone else? Let's see
0: if I can think of who else. Who else was in it? I'm trying to think if there was anyone sitting in the classroom. Was that, ooh, and it, like, ooh, <laughs> when a fight started, or? Wait, well, you know when they when he she said um, choke? Yeah, that, <laughs> uh, it all gets a bit much, doesn't it? I'll go with the same the same guy as you. Nice. I go for that <laughs> one. Excellent. Copy you.
1: Okay, what about your favourite song?
0: Again, the same as the last episode. I, I I didn't really know any of the songs. So on the last episode, I picked up the song by Jet, um, which was "Are You Gonna Be My Girl." And that was the only song of the episode I knew, and it was the, the in this episode I didn't know any of them. I couldn't pinpoint a song. I thought I recognised that. Um, so I actually, I didn't pick one.
1: I didn't have the one either. Okay. I had no idea. I'm not alone then.
0: you I thought you were looking at me like, oh, this guy's not even picked a song. No, <laughs> <laughs> barbecue
1: bass. <laughs> uh. painting Um, painting as a barbie (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay and then last but not least what is your rating for this episode this time it's on you my friend I want you I said last time what I thought I want you to say first what you would rate it okay
0: I actually think this episode was better than the pilot from you know discussions of character arc and character you know development and additional characters involved um, so I'm going to give it an 8
1: Yes I had 8 in my head <laughs> Yeah. Social distance fist bump Pow. Yeah. Oh. Shall we actually do it?
0: I mean we're going to sanitise <sighs> We're going to sanitise It's fine
1: <laughs> I love that Yes I was thinking an 8 also Because I think it's a well written episode And it had good meaning And the fact that they got all of that In like 40 minutes Yeah Um, I think it was really good And it moved the characters along
0: I, I was impressed You've got the the actors doing, you know, what they do and that they're doing those characters well and they've kept the characters consistent but there's, you start to see the vulnerabilities and you, you know, we've already, we've seen a vulnerability in Dan that we didn't discuss right at the end when um, Lucas's name's removed. He's immediately like, well, he's, just, he's trying to cut ties with me and that's the only bit of power he had over this kid. And we we see that in his face, just in his face, right at the end. He doesn't say anything, doesn't, you know, refer to it in any way. Uh, And that's what I'm really hoping for in the next episode.
1: Excellent. And this, you said in the pilot, it didn't leave you wanting to see the next episode, but did this one have more of a sort of a cliffhanger to it in terms of, well, it didn't cliffhanger, but it was more of a a ruffling of the feathers that you want to see what happens next?
0: Yeah, absolutely. They could have ended the pilot and that was it that could have been a, a 40 minute film do you, do you know what i mean? or short, or, or they could have extended that into a two-hour film um because it had that it, it didn't have any anything beyond it potentially you know that's kind of why i rated it a bit lower than than you did mm-hmm. but this one definitely I've, I've watched that episode now and i'm thinking oh what's going to happen on the back of you, you know the the name being pulled off the back and uh, Nathan, not really sure if he wants to play basketball anymore. And Dan, not really sure how he feels about him removing the name. Um, will Karen just like sort herself out and stop like giving in and apologising to people? Um, so many things that, that could come from it now. Um, so I, I'm getting to invested level. Hey,
1: he's <laughs> getting invested. I love it. Well, excellent. Well, that was the second episode of season one of one hill and of the ravens our podcast so if you would like to get in touch with us you can you can do that on our new patreon page which is ravenshoops.net or on social media dom at ravens podcast on instagram And you can also leave us a review uh, or a rating or both on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. That would really help us out, helps us get it to more One Tree Hill enthusiasts like you. And thank you for listening and thank you for your support. We really enjoy doing this and we appreciate you listening.
0: Thank you so much. Uh, It means a lot to us. Uh, All the great feedback and comments that you've been giving us uh over the last few weeks of, of doing the One Tree Hill podcast uh and people that have gone on to follow our Mighty Nineties podcast and people that have come from our Mighty Nineties podcast to now follow our One Tree Hill one. So thank you so much. Uh, please subscribe, review, um, leave us a rating and be gentle with us.
1: And wear gloves.